and gentlemen, you're coming from Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet, on Hello all and welcome to this, a special edition of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet, broadcasting for the last time in 2017, providing you with two hours of fantastic banter, we hope. I am your host, Stephen Wilson, and joining us today we have an elite group of fans who, when put together, might make a good master mastermind round. <laughs> You need to work on your intros more. Right, we have seven. We have seven good fans and one novice. Uh, first, first to my left, we have got the one-man band himself. It's James Murphy. How's it going? Hello. How's, how's things? Not too bad yourself. I've, I've missed a few shows, so I'm uh, excited to be back on air, basically. Fantastic, and to his left. <laughs> We've got him. It's the man who's so invested in KFAB, he still thinks Rikishi should be arrested. The modern day Maharaja, it's David Hockney. Hello, hello. How's Merry it going? Christmas all. Work on my intros, and I did that. <laughs> okay, you made up for it there. Well done. Excellent. And to his left, straight from my taping for E, the true total diva, Stacey Smith. Hi, Steven. How's it, how's it going? Good, thanks. How about you? Yes, excellent. Good, good, good. now. And to Stacey's left, we have got the broken bed bandit, Joshua Hall. I'm debuting a cold and flu gimmick today. <laughs> Other than that, how's it going? Yeah, it was okay. Spent Christmas choked with the cold, but the real Christmas for me will be 4th of January, Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, brilliant. <laughs> 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 and to his left, again back with us from the depths and the cold of Sunderland. He is the true cult of personalities, Chris Murray. Oi, oi. How's it going? Not bad, man. Uh, me and Stacey came from a very far away land today called Airdrie, where it was <laughs> minus 6.5 degrees. And, and by the time we got here, it was 1.5. That's not bad. Yay! It was 3.5 and I got there, so can't, can't, can't complain. And rounding off our panel from the land of Tuckin' Raffle, it's Stephen Lynch. Hi Stephen, pleasure to be here today. How's things? Good. Uh, Santa brought me one of the, the new Hasbros, uh, but the Triple H one, so that was my Christmas present uh, this year. It was wrestling related. Who's the bro in Hasbro? Woo woo woo, you know it. <laughs> And rounding off our group today, he's the man behind the decks. He keeps us ticking and keeps us insane. Keeps us sane. What insane? Insane? I've had worse this questions, to be fair. It's Kwaku Aji. What's that? What I do? Thanks for that. I like that. So after being verbally battered before I started, I think I did those intros very well. Yep. Very well. Yep. Yeah, you picked up towards the end. No, oh, you know, he's sucking up. Just cut his <laughs> So, not a problem. Yes, yeah, so we are Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. This is our first non-live broadcast of and last of 2017. Don't tell them, Stephen. 
<laughs> they can't hear us. It's fine. It doesn't really matter. It was such a shame when the Queen died. Yeah, we were all there for that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so this is our bet. This is our best of 2017 show. So we will be the uh, the group here will be going through their best moments of the year as well as today. As a special surprise, we will be giving out <coughs> the the suplex retreats. <laughs> Oh my god! It, that is that is just brilliant. Just, wow. David, for the for David, for the benefit of the people at home, can you describe what Stephen has just produced from under the table between his legs? He's basically <laughs> that long inanimate object. <laughs> Hey, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Quacker, put yours away. It's not what you think. All right, folks, it's not what you think. It's, uh, it's a, a styrofoam replica of the WWE World Heavyweight Championship title. It, and it looks fantastic. You know, he's got glitter, he's gold, and... Even the uh, the side plate logos, I think, can they come off or do they change? No, don't. We're enough effort to kill. There's one trick missing. It should have the Jinder Mahal side plates just. Oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, he said it, not me. <laughs> yes. So, at the end of this show, one of our panel will be winning the Eat Sleep Suplex oh. Retweet 2007 World Championship for best moment of our debut year. The shortlist was selected by both myself and Mr. EP, Kwaku Aji. So the rest of the panel will get their chance to vote for who will get best moment of 2017. Right, so today's show is all about us discussing our best moments of the year. So what I'll be doing is I'll be going through the panel and they'll be giving their top three moments of the year and the rest of the panel will be discussing. So are we all ready? Do we all have what, uh, what our moments in mind? Yeah. Yeah. Good. I'm going to make this really easy for myself, and I'm going to go from right to left. Oops. So, kicking off <laughs> kicking off the discussion th this morning, or this afternoon, whenever you're listening to it, is Mr. Tuck himself, Stephen Louch. Hi, Stephen. <laughs> well, you caught me a hop there. <laughs> I was trying to try Instagram out the, the title there. Um, right, right, Stephen, so for people who have not listened to the show before, first-timers, uh, Stephen is had a hiatus from WWE this year so he'll have some interesting moments that he'll be able to share with the the listeners today just check are we doing all three at once or are we doing one at a time and going round just before I fire in uh, what do you think's best should we go one at a time one at a time one, one at, at a time, time. yeah, yeah. Right, we'll yeah. go one at a time but we'll keep the discussion brief so we can get through everybody else everybody <laughs> on the panel so Stephen so, so uh, as kick Steve, us off uh, as Stephen had mentioned there um, I have taken a break away from WWE I go to more live shows see things that are going on but one of the things I put down, because I didn't just want to be the same as everybody else, is I really got into the, the Being the Elite series on YouTube. Yes. Like the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and it's now expanded. It's Marty Scurll, uh, Hangman Page, Cody Rhodes, Flip Gordon. So there's a lot of these guys that I didn't really know a great deal about. And it was something I felt was missing from WWE was we don't really see characters really embellished and kind of brought out and you see them more rounded and you get to know them and their personalities more it has become quite match 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 and only the top guys really get that rounded character development so this is a series about 10-15 minutes normally on youtube every week um 
and it is just them on their travels, but they've also mixed in little stories as well, so they've played up stories like Adam Cole going to the WWE, um, jealousy between the size of people's appendages between Hangman Page <laughs> and um, Joey Ryan, so there's all different stories and they all intertwine, and some of the stories were really quite complex, I mean it's guys that are just meant to be on the road and they're planning us, they're putting the effort in, so that's how if I see someone like the Young Bucks or Mark Rea that at a show, I'll happily invest in their merch and stuff because I see that I see it's paying back that little bit of entertainment. I said it's like ten minutes a week, and that's been one of the big story things for me because a lot of the shows I go to now are just standalone. So mm. I'll I'll see ICW, which will have stories as it goes through, but as you watch as a live experience, you don't always got get all the backstage things. Mm. And then other companies I watch, so say Progress down south are quite st- quite wrestling orientated, and then other ones like Reckless and Ten. PBW etc. David looks at me with a look of bewilderment at these. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are all these letters? Why is it just saying the alphabet? <laughs> A B C. But it's been it's been my fix of. I don't want to see attitude error because I'm not looking back. I'm not the biggest fan of the attitude error stuff because I thought there was a lot of rubbish in there as well. But it was a time where you got Steve Blackman had a gimmick. Um, Bill Buchanan had a gimmick. Everybody had something that you had a reason to. That you could easily identify, which Bill is Buchanan why had a gimmick. I had several. It was, it, was, it was a boss man's pal. B2. It was BB Square. Oh, going to be down with. Oh, sorry. Can I rewind that? Did they have a good gimmick? <laughs> but, but they tried. B Square. Yeah, I think it was more that they tried, and that's been one of the things for me. Is, is it's given that reason to care for these characters, even though I've seen them perform Young Bucks twice, three times this year, um, Marty a couple of times, you know, BCW, etc. For me, it's been it's it's given me that again that thing of you don't need to see someone every week to have that caring about them and that's mm. where I've really liked seeing character development that's been my fix for the issue <coughs> yeah totally I mean this might be a stupid question to ask but we've got Bullet Club fa- uh, fans in the, on, the fa- on the panel today yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll say yeah as well yeah. I think you've seen the t-shirt somewhere <laughs> no. I know what the t-shirt looks like thank you very do you much know who the, do you know who the cleaner is yeah, Kenny the Cleaner, Kenny Omega. Oh, <laughs> See? he's been brushing up on his research. <laughs> not, just, <laughs> not just a hat rack. <laughs> I'm fine. You're fine. Oh, wait a minute. I just got that. <laughs> Do you know, honestly, I, uh, <laughs> I wasn't... It's going around the room like a wee wave and it's getting it slowly. Honestly, I wasn't a massive fan of uh, the Young Bucks or any of the Bullet Club stuff uh, until 2017 when I was like, hang on, this is amazing. Being the Elite is so, 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 so funny. Um, in particular, the episode where... I can't remember the exact uh, storyline of the episode, but they're um, they're at a show that's near where WWE's doing a show. Yeah. And they're like... They keep talking all the way through the episode about how they want to run into some of their WWE pals uh, and they're gutted that they haven't had the chance to, to see them. And then in the background of the episode, you just see, like, Kevin Owens walking by the camera, AJ Styles standing on his phone in the background in one of the episodes... It's absolutely not, amazing. Is this not the incident that got a WWE employee fired for being in a photo with Yeah, Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy, no, Jimmy, Jimmy Jacobs. This was before the it. Jimmy Jacobs incident, yeah. The, no, this was before it. This was, they were in Toronto, and right. WWE were in Toronto. Um, this was more subtle. It was things like, oh, I really hope we could see somebody. And they were playing it that they couldn't see anybody. But yeah. Kevin Owens looking lost behind them. Um, AJ Styles <laughs> playing with his phone. And then that kind of built on, and then there was a season of desist that then led to the, the invasion. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think you know it, that you're over and considered a big competitor when WWE will fire you for taking a photo but with you. But do you think maybe that 
I, I agree that obviously they're much more popular now, but them specifically in locations and going over to WWE shoot and drink, they're piggybacking a little nah the, uh, nah i don't think like I mean, so those would probably be some of their biggest youtube videos but if you look at merchandise sales i don't i don't think so i know but smarts love to buy t-shirts so sales aren't mm-hmm. everything smarts do love to buy t-shirts they love a t-shirt <laughs> is it just and me? an umbrella is it just and a <laughs> shoe you know is it just me or do all the best-selling t-shirts seem to be black and white i mean because you know you well, the, big, the biggest selling t-shirt of all time is black and white <laughs> yeah like nwo austin <laughs> the cease and desist they're all bullet club shirts they're all black and white that's a bit hulkamania though uh, yeah, that is a fair I argument, but yeah, the majority of the best-selling ones are black. But <laughs> there are a large, a high number of other wrestling tops that are very popular, which are very multicoloured. I suppose, like, yeah, John Cena's the first that for We have a yellow one in the 2017. We have a yellow one in the corner over here. <laughs> no prizes or championship belts for guessing. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing that, but, uh, but I, I hope you weren't talking about me. Shirts. Black is a lot is to do with it's like the demographic, so a lot of like rock t shirts are black, um, yeah. stuff like that. The John Cena ones are colourful because it, it is put toward primarily kids buy the t shirts, so that's where they make the money. I mean, that's why he's in tops. It's not about the, the guys in the black t shirts that are booing him for 10 years, even though they love all his matches. It's the, it's the, the big sellers, it's the bright colourful things, and that's why, as a parent, I believe. You want your kids to be in stuff like that rather than just wearing black and being outside and looking a bit dour. Not totally, but we can all agree the Bucks have had a great year. We'll probably hear a bit more about the Bucks as the panel moves round. But Stephen, what, what else has been your highlight of this year so far? We're not going to do one at a time. Well, yeah. Oh, one. Oh, one. Uh, one uh, so we'll, we'll, well, run the time around the panel. Oh, sorry. Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. Well, we'll move on then. Uh, Chris. Nice to see you from the depths of Sunderland. How's it going? <laughs> uh, I moved to Newcastle last year, by the way. I've, mid- mid- I've moved slightly up in the world. It's, it, that, that's, that's, it's, you've not exactly moved to, like, you know, Lanzarote or anything like that. You've only moved, you've only moved from one dodgy time cap city to the other. You yeah, know, so. exactly, exactly. Um, <laughs> so but can I just say, can I just say, he stays near to Biker. Yeah, legit. Oh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no joke. Yeah, Biker the Grove. Yeah, like well, that should be oh. a podcast away. Biker the Grove. Absolutely. So, so Chris, what's your first best moment of the year? Well, I had uh, issues picking stuff and ended up picking three that I watched on TV and three that I watched live <laughs> because you know I can't right. follow the rules clearly. Go for um, what, go for one and hope that the, the rest of them don't get picked as we go round. Well, I'll go for the most obvious one that I think a lot of people have been speaking about. Uh, as potential like match of the year for 2017 uh, and that is the John Cena AJ Styles match from January which I'm sure let's start hell in the year um, obviously there was the match they had where AJ won but I prefer the match they had where John Cena won because I'm a big John Cena fan uh, it was quite it was, it was quite <laughs> difficult because um, I was like a big fan of like the good years of TNA. Like I started watching TNA in like 2002, and then oh, the good years of TNA were amazing. Exactly, exactly. St- probably stopped watching about 2012, maybe. So when AJ turned up in WWE, that was like a, a massive deal for me. So um, when all the like good WWE wrestlers all retired or left, like CM Punk and Edge and stuff like that, like John Cena became my favorite for ages. So seeing those two go against each other was amazing, and also. I'm a bit weird in the sense that like I can't like cheer for heels in WWE. I just have to go like to the <laughs> the convention of of what they're they're trapped out that there's like a goodie and a baddie and and Cena coming out on top against <coughs> the baddie in that particular match was 
Absolutely amazing. I absolutely loved it. I might go home and watch it tonight. Yeah. How could you not cheer for Bray Wyatt? I don't know about that. He's, he's my favourite. Big cuddly teddy bears. <laughs> so, so yeah, AJ Styles, he's had a, not a stellar year in WWE. I mean, I think he's proved that he's capable of having a match, a good match for Broom. I mean, we'll maybe come on to his match at WrestleMania and a bit later on in the show. Arguably Superstar of the Year like for the second year in a row. Well, we could argue that from a WWE standpoint, he's probably up there. We may, we'll probably, could, get, a bit, we'll probably get we'll probably get some arguments that there will be other better superstars or wrestlers of it if we're going worldwide type tag. So it could be argued that he was best overall as well, like across all promotions. I'm sure we'll probably argue that in a wee bit more detail later on. But Has the uh, PWI? 500 came out for this year yet? No, I don't think so. No, I think so yet. No, does it not come out next year? It comes out. It comes out the year after. It's like half year to half year. Yeah. Yeah. So I think AJ will probably. It was last year's PWI. Yeah, he probably deserves it again. Like top five again. Yeah. Till like he retires probably. Kevin Owens is probably the only one that's came close to him in terms of like a calendar year of amazement. Yeah. His face of America run though. Uh, face America run was, face America run was terrible but that particular match between I, I actually watched that back the other day because it was on the WWE Network they showed the full Royal Rumble show and it was uh, it was good for the amount of big spots and we, we do love a, a close finish you know there's, there's the free count nearly goes down you know mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's it builds the suspense and I love the actual finish to that match because I don't know when the John Cena did the double AA with the roll with the yeah. roly poly. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love that finish. That was really creative. Yeah. Also, do you know what helped? Is I've it, seen it done. <laughs> uh, also, what helped was I was absolutely blind drunk when that match went on, and it just made it amazing. I was proper jumping up and down in my room. <laughs> but no, it was a, it's a stellar match. I mean, I've not seen a great deal of John Cena this year, but he's he's tended to do a lot of good things when he's actually came in. I mean, that might be debatable with some people. I mean, he. No, wait, no, 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 they didn't do a lot of good things, they didn't put Elias over. <laughs> okay. uh, is, he not, is he not in something like a, a bit of a greatest hits, he's coming and going as he pleases? He's a free agent, he's which kept, probably he, he should be twi- at this point in time. He is in his twilight years as well, so I mean, how many years do you think he has left? Like, I'm good, five. John yeah. Cena, yeah. John Cena could probably be the Shawn Michaels. But he has revealed... That he will be back for Royal Rumble. Oh, oh yeah. Well, he was back. Orange. Well, he came back in Raw. He's winning. Just Cross, say. So. He's winning. Oh, well, he's winning. But yeah, that was a stellar match, and I'm sure we're going to see a, hear a lot of uh, great matches from the year as we go round the panel. Moving on. On that note, let's move round to Josh. Who? Uh, let's put the bets down on what Josh is going to say. <laughs> New Japan. New Japan. What Josh, so, surprises, Josh surprises. surprises. So, Do the right thing, it's, Josh. It's, it's probably appropriate that Chris has just brought up his favourite match of the year as John Cena versus AJ Styles because I think towards the very start of 2017 the big debate was was the best match of the year John Cena versus AJ Styles mm. or Kenny Omega versus Kazuchika Okada yes, at Wrestle Kingdom absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so question. I mean for anyone who doesn't know I'm, I'm assuming most people already know this already but uh, Kazuchika Okada versus Kenny Omega was the main event of Wrestle Kingdom 11 uh, it went close to 45 minutes in the longest match in New Japan history uh, and it was the match that broke the Dave Meltzer rating system which ended up getting, was it five and a half stars? Six, six stars. Six stars, yeah. six stars, did I can't get, remember. Did, did that get six stars or was it the second match in the series that got six stars? No, the first got the, six stars. The first got six and stars and then the next one got, I think, I, six and a quarter or something. I mean, like I, I, mean I would yeah. debate that... Uh, Coach Trip versus the Wee Man broke the the the, <laughs> the scale. <laughs> well, I think I, th- I think anyway though. So, I mean, 
I bring up that match, but I think the rivalry in general was fantastic. So, I mean, at the very start of the year, uh, I agree with Chris that, that John Cena versus AJ Styles was excellent. However, it almost felt like some of the hype around that match was in response to that stellar performance at Wrestle Kingdom. Totally, the whole yeah. world went insane for that, that main event at Wrestle Kingdom. And then um, when John Cena went up against AJ Styles, WWE's marketing was quite interesting because they were very quick towards the end to start marketing you know, Twitter and comments saying, oh, that might be the best match of the year. And things like, oh, that might be a, a contender for best of 2017 in general it's almost like they very quickly put something out um marketing well, wise to try and counteract the popularity that well, happened w- from the other match on well, the wwe i've got like a bad history of uh, anything that's kept trending mm-hmm. they milk it to the point that it stops getting being cool anymore the best example that i remember was the fandangling mm-hmm. they open, oh, yes. they, and also the out of nowhere by randy Orton mm-hmm. rkos well, they, they, they took it to a point where people got bored of it, you know, so... In, in fairness, I'm glad they drove Randy Orton's popularity into the dirt because, you know, I just, I didn't enjoy Randy Orton this year. He's probably my, like, least favourite performer of the year, if I could put that down. Yeah, I totally agree. I attended WrestleMania as soon as yeah. Randy Orton won the Royal Rumble. I was thoroughly disappointed that that's where my money had been invested. However, um, I think something else that you need to consider about the rivalry between Omega and Okada this year is that... Um, Omega lost two of those three matches that <coughs> happened this year. Um, yet, to, you know, he, despite losing, he's come off as maybe the best in the world oh, at the he, moment. He, he started he's, went skyrocket. He's that hot Skyrock. that Chris, he's lured Chris Jericho away from WWE, where he could clearly make a ton of money. It's a very safe con- uh, contract for Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho has multiple projects on the go. He has WWE, he has his band Fozzy, which has been touring the world as well this year and put out a new album. Yet his next uh, his next kind of um, project is Wrestle Kingdom 12 with Kenny Omega. Um, I think it's undeniable that the two of them have achieved incredible things without the backing of WWE, which a lot of people see as being necessary to get over in the international market. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, def- definitely. I mean, have we all kind of seen a lot of the the series? Of we seen much of the matches. Uh, yeah. David looks lost. I know. So I've, seen, I've seen clips of it. I just haven't seen. Like, no, they were all they were all tremendous matches. I mean, I'm going to open the just open this up to people people who've seen. I mean, what was the best of the three? In See, people's opinions. I'm a bit of a weirdo because um, I got in New Japan late this year, and I actually think that the third one was the best of the three, just because um, Omega finally won. Even yeah. though that goes against my whole cheer the faces thing spoiler alert spoiler alert <laughs> um, just because um, I only get into New Japan because of the G1 this year which uh, Josh is that worth explaining like a tournament of wrestlers to crown like a number one contender basically uh, and it came down to uh, Tanahashi and Naito and mm-hmm. one group and then uh, Omega and Okada and the other group and I was like I want this to be Naito and <coughs> Omega because that would be amazing and uh I, th- I think that, like, out, out of that whole G1, I think my favourite three matches were, like, the two finals in the final. Uh, and so, I, I yeah. really, really liked uh, Okada Omega 3. So I, I totally agree with you. I think that the third one kind of got lost in the shuffle because it didn't have that same well, card positioning. Well, it was, a it, semi, was, it was a semi-final. Yeah, so exactly. It wasn't the main it match on the cards. didn't go half as long as the other ones, uh, and it wasn't the same positioning in terms of main event. So, um, obviously, a fantastic match still, but... Um, you know, I, I know people are saying around the table here that they've seen clips of it, um, of, of the matches. I would suggest watching the entire things yeah. in full. People are saying that these are the best wrestling matches, not of 2017, but of all time. That's from Dave Meltzer. Um, and it's not just once, it's twice that they've pulled that off in this year. 
uh, as well as I think the whole point. So the second match, spoilers, uh, it goes 60 minutes to a time limit draw. The whole point of that is, is how they pace that match and how they draw out a story throughout that, and you're not going to get that from like the, the YouTube highlight video. No, you and there don't. was no, and there was no pinfalls in that 60 minutes. Nope. No, so, it's supposed to so, be just one fault to finish. It reminds me of the job. WrestleMania 12 Iron Man match. You so know, it goes 60 oh, minutes. Yes. So, something yes. I would have to say is that the WrestleMania Iron, Iron Man match was fantastic. Some of WWE's other Iron Man matches haven't been so good. No. This is one of those rare incidents <laughs> where. The time limit wasn't even advertised, therefore you weren't stressed about it being a whole hour long. Uh-huh. Yeah, when a match is a whole hour long, sometimes you worry about how am I going to enjoy this. But they managed to keep you going for the entire one hour. There was very little about wasting time in between or trying to buy time. Uh, it was action-packed from start uh, to finish. It's just a pace that you see from them that's not holding back. So what I personally don't like the WrestleMania match. The, the Iron Man because it, it felt too plodding and Brett talks about it in his book that they planned it out that way and there is that nothing happened for long spells but it went very slow watching these matches I was like 45 minute match I'm d- in, this, in this era of snap snip snap you need to see something quick and it's gone it's a lot of time to put in so you watch it and you see the story tell and then the next one comes along and that, you see, see the results before it that lasted an hour but then watching it um, one of the things I really liked is the story they tell in the matches is so um omega's finish is the one winged angel which for, for the icw fans that follow us is demo's old um the belfast plantation move mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. um and that's the finish he uses so the story they tell through the matches is that if he hits that he could win this and i think it was the second match he eventually hit it and okada got his foot up in the ropes and you see, oh, he had him physically beat. If he'd been a bit further in the ring, he would have got his win there. And then they moved on to the third match again. And it was just, it's that story. And that's a story through the matches. So if he hits that, this is going to be over. So when you see the match going an hour, you're always thinking, oh, this takes is one move. It doesn't need 17 finishers, etc. All he has to do is hit this move. And that got me really emotionally invested in um, both of them as performers, was seeing that story being told through them. It wasn't just, let's go an hour to prove that we can do an hour. It was two guys at the absolute top of their game giving absolutely everything and only just getting beat the one over each other. And that's where I quite like that they've not went back to it for this year's Wrestle Kingdom, is give it a bit of a break, let it go away, and then let them come back to each other and go, right, we've clearly both been the best for a while, let's see where we are now. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, something I would just quickly say is that with the 60-minute Ironman matches, usually ends in a draw, and then the fans are kind of booing and waiting for that final finish. With the 60-minute match between Okada and Omega, the fans were just on their feet with applause. Everyone was happy. No one needed that clear, definitive winner. No, absolutely. Me- I mean, mental thing is as well, if, like, if, if such a match had ever happened in WWE, which it won't, like, Michael Cole would have been on the mic from five minutes into the match going, this match could go 60 minutes. This could be a time limit draw. Like, just plugging that all the way through. Uh, and that thing that Stephen said about... Um, Hitting the hitting the finisher being the whole build of the match. Someone that or someone that did that very well was uh, WCW because I've been watching a lot of their stuff recently. They're all their commentary is all like, oh, is he going to hit the spear? Talking about Goldberg, is he? Is he, uh, They were talking about uh, DDP hitting the diamond cutter. Of the match being over. Sting hitting the uh, stinger splash. It's weird how like stuff like that can come back around and still be good. <laughs> I think it has been something that's bled into the WWE. Is that. Um, in quotation marks indie style of you can't just beat someone with one finisher whereas when we grew up if Hulk hit the leg drop if the match was over if Jake the Snake hit a DDT match was over um, 
running power slam for the bulldog, macho man hitting the elbow off the top. If it was a baby face hitting a finisher, the match was done. These days, we're seeing five, six, seven finishers being thrown about, and it, it loses the impact a bit for me. So to see that um, holding back over such a period of time, I think really just stamps that uh, both of them as being really excellent performers, that they can avoid their finishers and still get that um, one move to mean so much. Yeah, totally. I mean, the Okada uh, Omega series was a great highlight of the year. So many, so a great example of great wrestling. We could talk about that all day, but obviously we've got so much to go through that we're going to have to move. We'll move on to one of our resident Scottish wrestling experts or fans. We're going to be fans. Stacey Smith. Stacey. Um, well, what I'm going to say isn't about Scottish wrestling. Oh, you, you um, threw me a curveball. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I, I need to stop trying to predict things. You know, I, I got Josh's right, but I didn't get you. Okay, uh, this is one that I'm putting in as my match of the year. Is that an episode of Total Balance? Or? <laughs> <laughs> Close. Oh, Close. No, it isn't. <laughs> um, it's not. It's um, on the Instagram. It's Stacey's turn. Come on, everybody. Um, it was a match that wasn't actually supposed to happen um, but it was Finn Balor versus AJ Styles oh, yeah. at TLC. Oh, nice. Yep. nice. I actually think that is one of the best matches I have ever seen. You're here. Um, and never have I ever been so happy for people to get ill. Yeah, so, so the, the, that was the match that we saw at this year's TLC, which was originally meant to be Finn Balor as the Demon versus Bray Wyatt's sister Abigail. Uh, I think we're all very happy that we got to see uh, Finn versus AJ. They put on a great show. I mean, kind of moving, I'll kind of move slightly away from that one. I mean, do you think? What do you make of uh, WWE's management of Finn Balor this year? Do you think he's shocking? Other than that one, other than that uh, match, do you think he's been wasted yes. by WWE this year? Let's just say oh. that um, Mother Nature is a better booker than uh, WWE's creative team for Finn Balor because while I think Finn, you know, he he, he tore the land up in NXT. You know, he was NXT, longest reigning NXT champion in history. Uh, the whole demon attire was over as anything. It was like most popular, most popular guy. But see, on the main roster, he's just been treated as like an, another mid carder. Yeah, you know, he's just like booking, booking wise, he's been putting against like squash matches against guys like the Miz, Taraj, and Kurt Hawkins and stuff. He never really had a, and the feud with Bray Wyatt, it just dragged. You know, it should have just stopped at SummerSlam. It's yeah. actually, it's actually worse than you're making out because. Not only did he have to go up against Kurt Hawkins on the Christmas Raw, he was forced to actually make Kurt Hawkins look quite strong. For a guy like Finn Balor, who was at one point of the year billed as being, you know, the most dangerous man next to Lesnar, to have him actually have to put in a bout against Hawkins instead of just clubbing him once then walking out the ring, it's shocking. The poor guy, you know. Was he not, um, I was going to say, he was on the Survivor Series team at least, which, uh, you know, it made him look... Yeah. I mean, it looked, it was, that was good for him, but he got eliminated quite well, he looked, quite early. He looked, well, he looked, well. he looked semi-strong because he did elim- he did cause the elimination of John Cena yeah. in that match. Was that an angle after a couple of angle slams? No, it was. Uh, he did the double. He did the <sighs> the coup de gras. The coup de gras. I think. And then that was did him. he hit Cena with the coup de gras? Was it Cena? Uh, I can't really remember. He did. No. That, he did cause some. Angle eliminated Cena. I remember angle slamming Cena and pinning him. 
Maybe it wasn't the Maybe it was. He took someone out. I know that. Yeah, but I, I think, think it was like an indirect. The whole demon gimmick's getting quite old very quickly as well. It's one of those ones where it's all hype and all supernatural, and they can't think of any way to pay it off or implement it with other stars. I, I, I think the only way they can improve on the demon is, I think, if they make him like sheer maniacal, like almost mm. non-human, or make him heal. For, they, already well, have, yeah. they already have two crazy people. They don't need another one. I know. Like the idea that he's in control. Also, in the new WWE 2K18 game, I'm pretty oh. sure Finn Balor's rating is like. 88 or something and, and the then the demon is 92 it doesn't change in the 2k17 game which i liked no in the yeah. 2k17 the demon's just an alternate attire i just i just think the idea that there's a separation between these characters yeah is but, but then again that's like lesnar or lesnar he's been busted open they're completely different isn't that as soon that, as yeah, but they, they, they don't advertise that as like a oh, pre-order wwe 2k18 <laughs> you'll get lesnar busted open yeah. that'd be amazing. oh you should but some something that struck me from watching back some old uh, new japan stuff was seeing balor as a cocky heel just the guy in the leather waistcoat his mannerisms and stuff just looking like I'm Billy Big Boss it just it the big it uh, was a bad luck fail Pally yeah Pally yeah um, that carried him down he just looked I'm this cocky guy and something's always struck me my battler and it really came out watching I don't know if it was his 24 or one of the NXT ones was the his mannerisms always looked quite forced so we were all joking with the music playing in the studio before it came on and it was a bit of back and forth about oh, some people liked it some people thought it just felt forced to me it always looked really forced like he was pl- it, al- it always looks to me like he's playing it to try and impress Triple H rather than just trying to be natural with it well, the thing so that's why I would like to see a change in him and well, see him being more himself because when you see him in like different documentaries things like that it just comes across this really likeable guy he's got the Irish accent which will get you over in America but it just Does it? Because uh, well, Becky Lynch Yeah, Kevin Dunn, Becky Lynch scenario would beg to differ. The hair? Well, the thing about uh, Balor is that I think the reason he brought the, that demon gimmick in is because before he joined WWE, he was on the independent circuit and he was doing all these face-painted things. I mean, obviously, he did his appearances in ICW, in ICW as well. Uh, under was, Fergal Devitt. That was his real name. But he did the... That might still be his real name, David. That's what I said, under his real name. So, Not in the world of Keith Something no. that's worth commenting on as well is that Balor was relatively new to WWE in 2016. I think yeah. maybe he'd just been called up. Yeah, he'd just been called up for yeah. NXT. So... Um, that was the point where it was kind of make or break which route do we go down with Balor and I think a lot of fans expected to see Balor teaming up with Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows but, but he was pushed to the moon when he mm-hmm. when he went to the main roster I, initially until he obviously picked up the injury and he I went think, back a bit yeah I think they had a chance to make a quick buck with like a really cool image and, mar- and you know like marketing which is what I think the demon is or I think they had a chance to make an investment with some credible storylines that don't involve supernatural things and you know put him over as maybe a bad guy put him back with the club call it Balor Club you know they trademarked all those things it was almost like they had a plan for it and they knew they could have gone either way and they picked one or the other and I think maybe now at the end of 2017 it's maybe a little bit too late to go back down the other route which could have been I would say it's worthwhile to note that Balor might be one of the most over baby faces in yeah. WWE still to this day and I think they would have to get behind him the way they did when he was called up after his uh, unfortunate like shoulder separation it seems like someone gave up on him mm. or like a lot of people gave up on him which is strange because he's been coming out and he's, he does well 
But the problem I'm having is that <coughs> they, they've they've crafted this image of him as some sort of underdog, and that's something that a company like WWE doesn't really need anymore because yeah. mm-hmm. their underdog stories are good sometimes. But then you've, you're giving the underdog story to someone like Jason Jordan, mm-hmm. who now just won the tag belts with Seth Rollins, and I'm spoilers. It has aired. It's it Christmas. I wouldn't say anybody's highlight of 2017. A demon cannot possibly be an underdog, so that's where exactly. They're but he can still be the baby wrong. face. Yeah. 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 Totally though, but uh, I like that, his spooky baby face. That that match he put on with AJ was probably his highlight of the year, <laughs> and it was a fantastic match. So again, thanks Stacey for bringing that up. It was a great choice. So do, do, the only slight additional point I would make to uh, Stacey's match though was that I went into that match thinking, well, there's no way AJ's going to win because he's he's a standing, so he's not going to win. So I thought the whole match, I was like, well, let's just see how Finn wins this. Did anyone else think that? No, not at all. Yeah, no. No, 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 just you. <laughs> oh, I, I agree. I, agree. I, think it's, I think it's impressive that AJ Styles, you know, took that red eye flight, flew all the way over because of the sickness thing. And then I think maybe he actually reaped some rewards out of that when in surprise time. No, they, all, they also took like the worst coup de grace I've ever seen where he just like jumped oh, on his chest. You, you can hear him, you can hear the, the commentary lapses for a bit, and when Finn Balor plants it, you hear AJ like actually like the entire wind leave his body. It's, oh, you bastard! He's like, oh! <laughs> he sounds like he's been shot. It's terrible. <laughs> Just before we move on, though, can I just say I'm glad that everyone that was ill got better. (laughs) (laughs) I would just like to add that on. (laughs) Except Josh. Anyway. Anyway. You weren't part of that show. (laughs) Moving on, that obviously was a great match. We'll we'll move on now to uh, a resident WWE employee, (laughs) (laughs) Drew Gulak. Oh, sorry, David (laughs) Talton. So are we talking matches or just moments in general? Because I feel like a lot of people have been talking about matches Matches, moment. Take care. This is your chance to bring up gender. Give us a moment, It's your chance to bring up gender. Gender! Well, Well, you know what? I feel like there's been quite a a nostalgic feel to, to the sort of start of 2017 like say around like maybe the first half of the year so around sort of mania time and during but also i think there was one flash of nostalgia through nxt takeover and i think one of the big highlights for me was when they brought back war games yes yeah yes. Yes. i mean <laughs> it's a it was an old starcade favorite kind of thing uh, with the yeah they had the the cage around two rings and I don't know how the original concept worked. Was that was just with tag teams, like just no? It was. Pairs. It was kind of like it a, was, it's had variations. Yeah, yeah. Multi, it was a multi-man kind of match. It was, it was, two, it was two, yeah. two big teams usually in the against, up yeah, against each other. I, I think the concept that NXT brought back for War Games, where they had the Undisputed Era, Sanity, and Roderick Strong and the Authors of Pain. I think that match made. Heaven. Yeah, and it wasn't like. I'd have thought maybe the NXT title when the NXT title match isn't the main event and that the war game stipulation is obviously because it's named. I think it just goes to how much they they invested in making sure that that was a success. Like the the rules, obviously, you know, one member of each team starts and then two from another from one team joins, and then all the teams <laughs> join and then then only when everybody's entered can you pick up a pinfall. And if yep. you escape the cage, you forfeit the match for your but team. The escape the cage part, that wasn't something they got in the no, WCW matches. The but cages... WCW matches didn't end in pinfall. It was kind of like yeah. an escape. Yeah, because the, no, the they... WCW matches ended by escape, but this one... No, no, no. Did. The WCW ones were a bit weird. Um, it was a staggered entry thing, but it was only one of each team. And before it, there was normally a stipulation match where to find out who got the advantage. So who got like mm-hmm. the two on one, the three on two, etc. I mean, kind of like that as a And as Stephen said, it was was only submission <coughs> finishes so the matches from like 
and I wasn't alive, so I can't pure confess to being around <laughs> for the time. But like the matches between like I think it was '88 and '92. Uh, like so one a year were basically heralded as like amazing amazing matches I watch them back now and they, they still stand up and and like to, to what you're saying David like I was ready to absolutely just be like no this is going to be garbage they've taken away the lid it's going to be awful um, and then I watched the match and was like no that's, this was amazing yeah, I was a bit apprehensive when they first announced it because I thought oh my god they're going to just take all they're the gonna they're going to take all the greatness out but I remembered <laughs> this is NXT this is Triple H's baby I'm pretty sure he knows what he's doing so I'll, uh, I'll wait and see what happens. I like that you totally were around for some of 88 to 92, <laughs> but you just don't count that. <laughs> yeah. It's like WWE not counting like gender's first yeah. WWE run. Just, can just I, don't talk about that. Can I just say as well, it was... Can I just say as well, I mean, it definitely was more of a spot fest than a good technical match, but that's... No. Oh, but it was, it, was, it, no, it, was, it, was, it was brilliant. I mean... I mean, uh, D- Damo well, Orzun, we know Killian Dane, went absolutely crazy. Killian, took out everybody and they made him look brilliant. Killian Dane yeah. was the MVP of that match, hands down. Like, he, um, I like how just before he entered the cage with, uh, with Alexander Wolfe, that the fans were shouting for tables. He actually physically got under the ring, got the tables and brought them into am the I, cage. Am I the only one who started to become a big fan of the Offers of Pain? I'm, uh, they, in that match, they really surprised me by becoming more than the meat tanks hitting people that they were. Yeah, yeah, they were, they yeah. were pulling out some stuff that was like a little bit innovative, and I was, I was, I was really impressed with them. I, mean, I yeah, liked I, their I pairing with Roderick Strong a lot. Yeah, I used to really hate them, and then in that match, I was like, no, yeah. they've, they've shown up. To These no, guys, I used guys, to hate them. They all did very well in that. They're very good. They're not for me personally. Yeah. I thought it was really good to see Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, and Adam Cole. Of course you did. Baby. Of course you did. Baby. I don't know, Sanity were my standout in that match, actually. I love Sanity. Sanity and Killian Dane. I think Sanity are amazing. Also, like, so I mentioned that I was complaining that they, they took, like, the lid off the cage. Like, they actually did that for a pretty good reason. People kept, like, basically... <laughs> breaking their necks and stuff because like mm. for example Kevin Nash would go for like a powerbomb crack the guy's head off the roof and like land on it I know that Sid Vicious also yeah. went for a move and nearly nearly broke somebody's neck as well so it's probably a good idea yeah. that he took the lid off and as well Roderick Strong did the big superplex yeah. off the cage as well yeah. which is quite, but I think the biggest spot I think definitely looked the most painful I think was when Alexander Wolf got put through the table and he split the back head open oh. that was horrible was anyone else disappointed with they added this stipulation with your team Escapes the cage. They forfeit. They forfeit it. Is anyone else disappointed that I thought I thought the undisputed era might have like pushed Roderick Strong off or something to get the authors of pain eliminated, and then use that to pick up the win over Sanity? I was surprised ah, because they, they're they're always portrayed as these really clever guys. And another spoiler, by the way, that's how they won their their tag team belts off of Sanity most recently. Spoil it now, gentlemen. Because because they they took them around, stuck around, uh, got Eric Young out, and then took out Alexander Wolfe. <laughs> But or it was Eric Young. I'm not sure which one it was. They isolated them and then got this clever win. And I'm surprised that they didn't. They didn't put the spot in of taking a team out so you can then win. I'm really well, glad that they they were, they were teasing with it definitely. Yeah. But I think it was a good thing because it meant that they had to be creative in the ring and give you a solid five star performance. No, plus, and that's exactly plus, what they did. Also, mm. it made them look really strong beating those two teams mm-hmm. without any. Mm-hmm. Without, without a lot of guile you know? no totally it was a great match it was great to see the war games <laughs> back and it was one of the best moments I think of the towards the end of the year but again thanks for that David mm-hmm. uh, moving on now to James James what's your what's your first big moment of the year uh, it's not my number one uh, but it, one of my favourite moments was watching Stevie Boy win the King of Insanity death match at ICW ICW feed and loathing um, I don't know it, it capped off a really good year for him I thought it was a big deserved win and surprisingly 
I'm not into death matches myself, but it was one that I thoroughly enjoyed. I thought um, it was a highlight of the match. It of the was cards. the highlight of the card. Of the card. So what, what was the match? Just for the benefit of anyone so who wasn't the there. Match, uh, the match, the entire idea of the King of Insanity death match was ICW has a lot of these uh, these wrestlers who are like considered like unhinged, crazy, yeah. that sort of thing. So hardcore. we had, yeah, so we had um, uh, Jimmy Havoc, who's like a hardcore legend. So again, that's his sort of gimmick there. There was a. Uh, uh, Chris Renfrew, who had recently come away from Mikey Whiplash as part of Legion, and so obviously Mikey Whiplash has this sort of demonic cult kind of gimmick, and he's obviously done a lot of uh, a lot of hardcore matches. Then Chris Renfrew as well, and then Stevie Boy as sort of the he sort of he sort of portrayed almost as he's the leader of this faction called uh, the Filthy Generation, which includes him and uh, what's the I forget Kaylee Ray, Kaylee Ray, and uh, Kings the Kings of Catch. So. It was strange because he was almost being portrayed as like an unwilling participant in the match. There was a, a vignette where they were doing a psychological profiling of each person before it, and he was like, you know, I mean, I could swear because I'm because we're not live. But I'm not going to. But he's he's, 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 <laughs> get, he's giving the interviewer all this, you know, f you. I don't want to be in this match. Think I enjoy this sort of thing. And then for him to come away with this big victory after getting the trusted spot of putting Chris Renfrew through the uh, stand and understand the the bit where the wrestlers come in. Uh, stage stage sorry that's what it's called stand <laughs> and, it, and the match was I didn't see like a dog there was no break it was all just like wall to wall action yeah. which I really enjoyed and was a lot of contrast to what? other can matches I, on the card can I just say I was next to James throughout this whole match and he I'm surprised that he wasn't on the floor by the end of the match. <laughs> Honestly, um, like he looked um, like he was about to faint by what, the time what, it ended. What, what, yeah. One of the things that built up to it was that Jimmy Havoc won the uh, CZW uh, Tournament of Death this year. Right. And I'm with you. I'm not a fan of that style of match. No. So this was one I was going into. I was like, this will probably be my pee break or go to the bar or something like that. I just don't enjoy seeing that type of thing. But they were really clever with it. And it did. It truly pulled me into it. And I... It was one of those where kind of the match flew. Uh, it was like it flew by because I was just my attention was the whole time. Wasn't so distracted. I didn't think of time. Mm-hmm. It was just up all the time. They did stuff. It wasn't just well, a, a few of us have seen Sabu's recent efforts at oh, ICW. Yeah. Um, can we, we, can we, we, not, can we, we not talk about Sabu? Yeah, we're <laughs> juggling the chair. But it was they done smart things and then they finished the match. I'll let you talk about it. But it was one of those like. I hope he's alright. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's something that I remember was Chris Renfrew saying on, I can't remember, somewhere on social media that, that he was really proud of what he accomplished because a lot of people looked down on deathmatch wrestling, mm-hmm. but I think what they did on that night and in and, and the few months leading up to it as well was prove that there's an art to it and there's storytelling mm-hmm. that you can get across with only that type of match. Also, it was like, it was almost like a homage to like the early days of ICW. In the early days of ICW, that was just every match. Every match was just garbage, basically. No real wrestling, just people like smashing each other with dildos and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> match. And, ma- bring back dildos. And, I mean, um, rolls of cheese. Yeah, and rolls of cheese, yeah. Um, and, and do you know what I liked about it, right? And this is a bit of a mental comparison. It's like, obviously, that match was like, planned from start to finish like as it was going to go because yeah. you know wrestling's not real um, and uh, and uh, what I like about it is it's like I, so say that's ICW's biggest show if you compare that to WWE's biggest show Wrestlemania 17 that was like ICW's version of TLC2 like yeah. a really proper scripted um, 
uh, lots of weapons involved match and, and everyone that watched that match came out of that building being like that was the best match no, in the car definitely no the totally worst easily part yeah of that was the carpet tap yeah that was oh, the best oh, match oh, ever oh, 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 so see when I first when I first started watching that match I was like those are some weird coloured tables that they're using like yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like they put two tables in the corner of the on the ring was I thought it was yeah. just a crucifix that there was yeah, yeah. Was yeah. A, was a, there was a board as well I remember thinking it was out of place because I thought there was like a barbed wire chair yeah. um, you know a barbed wire table and then in one corner I, was I like, thought it was crucifix? like a cardboard crucifix yeah. Yeah. I thought maybe I, 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 I was like oh Mikey Whiplash brought his crucifix to the ring but no yeah. it was a two wooden boards overlaid in the style of a crucifix uh, but laid with uh, carpet there's, tacks there's, there's so. some cracking pictures and uh, uh, David Wilson ICW photographer has got a book out at the moment he's, he's selling and I don't know if I want to see pictures in this match to be honest some, some of the pictures you seen of some of the, like, the really big spots and you see like the crowd just totally Every, everyone, if you looked at it as an ICW fan you'd think we'd all had something wrong with our jaws <laughs> because everyone is no. just totally like oh. so it does prove that even, even in a um a company known for its hardcore style and it probably has so it went away a bit the last few years there is a lot more wrestling in it it was a reflection of oh, this is where we come from this is what we stand for this is what makes us the different this is the, the difference maker between us and everyone else you're going to see we've got the guys this isn't just a couple of amateurs coming out and hitting each other with chairs these are really talented wrestlers that can do anything however they're choosing to do this and here's it with a proper story behind it so it wasn't just garbage it was this is our match and each of these incidents in it and some of the weapons went back to the reflected back matches previously in the year and different spots and tying people up it was just that accumulation that's been building since uh, Whiplash came back at Baramania. Yeah, it was. I think it was a good showcase for everyone involved. No, totally. Yeah. It was. A, it was a great match, and it was one. Of, it was one of the, the highlights of the show. But again, that's one of. The, that's probably one of many points we'll probably come to in ICW. So moving away quickly from that type, so we've got so much to get through. We need to. Try, we're trying to be quick with all these things. Uh, On to myself now. Uh, I'm going to pick a moment that many people might not think, but I thought it was the perfect ten moment. Uh, it was uh, the appearance of uh, the perfect 10 himself Mr. Ty Gillinger in the Royal Rumble match <laughs> I think oh there's a muted response he from was the not, panel I, I think, I think, come on I just think a lot of people was thinking it was going to happen he comes in at number 10 of all spots oh but it, but was, br- it, was, br- it was brilliant well obviously he's not done anything like, since then the but people were doing the 10 chat right before he was about to enter as well I think they were expecting him well, you know, yeah, he had that feud against Aiden English, and now Aiden English is the breakout star, which I really enjoy. Rusev Day! Rusev Day! What I liked, though, was, like, WWE never does obvious cool stuff. It just, it's just like, no, nah, we're not doing any of that. Like, when there's so many opportunities to do stuff that could be really cool, they just miss it because they're idiots. And then they did that, and it was just like, oh, thank God, they actually... They had the gonads to go ahead and do this. Was there not a subtle one with Corbin coming in? His number was... A cor- 13? No, cor- Corbin was 19. I thought they, came, I thought, I thought they made him come No, 13. So he, he, had his, no? he had his number on his truck. Or is this anyway. what everyone wanted to happen? I think everyone was hoping Taz would appear. But. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. so see, see with that though, with Dillinger, um, Chris was in the month that I had the networks. So I have seen the Royal Rumble. <laughs> I would have had him come out as 11. So and all the fans are going oh, absolutely oh, raging. Yeah, Everybody's yeah, saving yeah. at the TV, going absolutely off on that... Um, like Reigns boo the TV type oh, yes. and then he, then the music hits at 11 and then the crowd just lifts back up it's your bait and switch that's to me yeah, that would have just been a massive troll and went we'll put him in at 11 yeah but they were clearly saving their big boo for Reigns coming at 30 yeah they were saving yeah. the troll right for the end I still I still don't understand what happened I'm still baffled that I was watching the we, rumble we and I was just like what? 
We might come to that later on. But, yeah. but obviously, I, I enjoyed Ty Gillinger coming out at, t- at number 10. But, but that's the first moment from all of the panel. Let's go back round the panel and go back to Stephen. Stephen, what's your next big moment of the year? Um, my big moment is, well, it's it's a bit of accumulation of a couple of them. And it's the weekends that now surround ICW events. So I really mm-hmm. like that. So... Um, we've all seen that now that WWE has like the WrestleMania weekends and they've started to expand it out across SummerSlam and Royal Rumble with having accesses etc um, I really like YCW now that you get a full weekend of activities so more often than not you'll get um, one fall session um, on a Thursday night so you get a live interview, no recording um, where you get to hear a bit of insight into some of the guys' stories and some backstage stories and things like that. And then you just get to have a bit of a drink and a laugh with some of the wrestlers as well, kind of build relationships. Then the Fridays started to become the GPWA for the a highlight of the Asylum show. And you'll get some of the bigger names on the weekend on there. And just different matches and a different atmosphere in the little hall that they've got for the, where they run the academy. And then the Saturdays and the Sundays having shows. So Shug's weekend, I'd, drew, I'd started to get to the point when I was getting fed up with ICW. It was a pretty lacklustre quarter two for me. I didn't think anything was happening. We were seeing rehash matches. There wasn't anybody new coming in. So I was almost to the point of, I don't think I'm going to keep putting my money in here. I was going just to see my mates. And then the Shug's weekend was just great. The O2 ABC is a fantastic venue, I think, for wrestling. Yeah, it's yeah. all enclosed in, it's got kind of staged down, so it really builds the atmosphere within it. The drink prices are bloody atrocious. <laughs> 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 Six pound ciders, but I still managed to get pretty hammered. <laughs> so it was really fun. It was just two really fun shows. We did see the UK title match, so we got to see um, the crowd just totally behind BT Gun. Um, as the only non-WWE contracted guy in it, just had the whole crowd on his side, built up to the the main event, and night one was changed around, so we didn't see Grado was advertised, due to Panto commitments. Um, but we've seen Bram come in, and Noam come out, and have a really big entrance, and then built to the, the next night, and the night two, for a lot of people, looked a bit weaker, but as a DCT and Polos fan, that was the night for me, and it just had some really, really good feel-good moments, and Coach Strip's son getting his revenge with an Easter egg. Like, how do you get an Easter egg in Glasgow in July? You know somebody? Um, and it, that then built up to Fear and Loven, where it's pretty similar again. And I really like that, having a long weekend off and really just getting into seeing everybody, different shows, and it's so busy and things going on. It just keeps your interest going to have that. And it's really something to look forward to as well. That, oh, I've got that coming up. It's a big weekend rather than just being like a one-show weekend. No, to- no totally. It's a, it, the ABC is a good, feel-good like weekend venue. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the upcoming one where we've got the Square Go and the Fight Club taping yeah. on the Sunday and the Monday, it's, both at the, the O2 ABC, is going to be great. But mo- pretty much near enough everybody here, bar me, uh, were at uh, the Shugs Weekender. Uh, a lot of, uh, and Chris, because he was in the depth of cold. <laughs> Yeah. Or Sunderland in no, Newcastle. Shug's house party was was really good. So, something I would say is that I, when it, when there's an ICW show, I usually try not to talk too much about the WWE ex WWE imports because I think a lot of people focus on them a little bit too much. Super Crazy was a massive surprise mm-hmm. in terms of how high quality those matches were. Yeah. I actually would go as far as saying that Super Crazy is probably given the best uh, match in ICW that any import has ever given. Oh, no. oh. Can I just say as well, I'm quite glad when um, ex-WWE 
people like come for ICW shows because as you all know I haven't watched WWE for that long so <laughs> I have heard of these people but I have no idea what they well I know that they wrestle yeah, but yeah. I don't know like what they do um, so it's good to finally be able to put a face to a name when yeah. I just, hear other people talk about it just an extra name in there where you're saying about super crazy um, so I'd seen Jodie Fleisch in February at, Tar- at, at Target yeah Jodie Fleisch, Fleisch is brilliant Jodie Fleisch is one of those names from the very early 2000s it was one of him Doug Williams Johnny Storm were these guys who were the UK scene they were the guys getting international acclaim, etc. And then they disappeared for ages. And I was at Target and I seen it was Jodie Fleisch and Johnny Storm. And I had that, these old guys, um, moment. And then I seen them and I thought, God, these guys are really good. And then you seen Super Crazy and Jodie announced for Shugs. And everyone was <coughs> like, what? And, like, all these people, like, there is a large collection of ICW fans only follow ICW. So they don't have that that broader view. And they were like, who is this guy? Who don't know anything about him? <coughs> wait and you'll be surprised and then Jodie over those two nights against Wolfgang and Super Crazy had these really no, 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 was, was, Aaron, was it Aaron Echo? Aaron Echo yeah, and, and Wolfgang well. sorry uh, was it Wolfgang? no right I've totally lost the matches <laughs> but whoever he wrestled um, was really really good performance and we've seen him come back since and really became quite a staple now across the Scottish scene mm-hmm. and then with Super Crazy I'll say I was totally surprised when I expected that Smackdown mid 2000s Super Crazy but we really just got really infused. And these guys, and it was at the meet and greet as well, were just really, really happy to see people. And that's been a really good thing. If it's not been the really obvious names that you may see in some shows, it's these different guys and have come in and have really, really performed and brought something to ICW rather than just being, oh, here, wave to people, goodbye. Um, yeah. Happily see them back. No, you get the guys like him and Bram who have kind of done that... But yeah, the the weekenders are always great. I absolutely love Jodie Fleisch being uh, in ICW because um, uh, much like Steve and I used to watch him like on the wrestling channel um, for FWA in like the very early two thousands. There's a ladder match that he had with uh, Doug Williams or something like that. The FWA title that was on the wrestling channel around that time, and he was just like it was like one of the first wrestlers that I liked in the British scene. So it's amazing that he's been in ICW. No, yeah, but the weekenders are always great and. ICW has got that kind of brought that close feel, which is good. So, uh, again, Stephen, quickly moving on before we take a short break, we'll go back to Chris. Chris, what's your next big thing from the year? I'm going to keep uh, the ICW theme going um, and go to probably something that might be overlooked, um, but the greatest title win <coughs> in ICW's history: Joe Coffey winning the belt finally, and for an actual reign as opposed to one for like ten minutes. It was. Um, the culmination of everything Joe Coffey's done in the the company, like in the entire time he's been yeah. there, and obviously he sort of turned heel during the match. Um, but what I liked about it was, and I've been a massive supporter of Joe Coffey for a long time, is that like he hasn't changed anything that he said before he won the belt. He was always like, "I should get more opportunities because I'm amazing," and after he won the belt, he was like, "I won the belt because I'm amazing." Yeah. And I, that's what I liked about it. it was um, it was a lot like when CM Punk. Turned heel, he was like he didn't didn't really do anything wrong. He didn't deserve to be getting pure booed by fans. All he did was like be really good at being a wrestler, and you saw that with Joe basically going on that massive title run that went through most of 2017. Yeah, I mean, we, 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 we kind of need to be quite brief with Joe, but I'll, I'll, I'll go to James in this one because James, you obviously interviewed Joe for uh, the, the Eat Sleep Suplex retweet. I mean, what do you make of Joe's uh, title win back at the Paramania? I would say it was it was well deserved and. Chris is right that it, it was it was a sort of the same character, like a development 
It's not one of these. It's not really a heel turn, you know, where it's meant to be like a sudden thing, as the name implies. It's more of a, it's like a subtle corruption of his values. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I deserve this opportunity. Becomes, I deserve this because I'm the best, and because I'm the best, you're nothing. So I think, like, you know, I'm the guy to beat. That sort of thing. It's, it's not, it's not out and out villainry. It's more of a, a respecting of his own. Uh, worth, I would say, as as a character and you know as a performer as well. The guy mm-hmm. definitely deserved it. Fantastic reign. Yeah. Was it sad to see it come to an end? Actually, the only man that's headlined the Hydro twice uh, for ICW. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of, of four people that could have been. <laughs> <laughs> just just yeah. a little interesting thing on that is that the the teaming them up with Red Lightning, I think, really worked because it helped yeah, bring because yeah, yeah. Red Lightning is a natural heat magnet and pulls it on. But that was decided just as Joe was walking to the ring. They'd done the thing with Grado earlier in the night. And as Joe was walking out, it was supposed to just be that Dallas came out and put the belt on him and then Joe went from. But they, Joe just went, I want Red to come out. And it was just totally on the fly. And I think it's been something that's really went on as the years went on. It was really good chemistry together. It gave Joe somebody to bounce against where he was playing that unfriendly character. So it just shows not everything has to be this big planned out thing. Sometimes you can just grab a moment and it really works. If Joe's listening, which he isn't, please come back to ICW. We need you in our hearts and in our lives. I think if you look historically, though, a lot of um, wrestlers in ICW that have been popular have ended up winning the title and then slowly their popularity has fizzled out and the fans have kind of turned on them a little bit. So I think that it was it was good that Joe kind of, yeah, Joe kind of took the, the proactive step and, and turned on them before you know, well, Joe, he had the chance to To a lot of him. people, Joe's popularity was waning and then he won the title back. To a lot of people now leading up to his win, he got that kind of popularity back to the point that he got such great respect when he kind of mm. left the ring after losing the belt, so... No, he had a stellar year. Absolutely. I think, as I, I was saying about the trend of across ICW champions, people like to see you do well, just don't do too well. And yeah. that's, that's what it seems to be exactly. turned around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <coughs> absolutely. But yeah, it has been a stellar year for Joe, and that was obviously a great moment to kind of see him get his actual proper win. So yeah, that's been some of the some of the moments so far that we've highlighted from 2017. So stay with us, and we'll be bringing you more of our panel's top moments of the year. Plus, when we come back, we'll be revealing who the contenders are for the triple threat match to crown our 2017 Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet World Champion. So stay with us and we'll bring that to you in a bit. Uh, Sleep (laughs) Suplex Retweet. Fun fact, uh, as I was growing up, I grew up with a broken bed because uh, there was the mattress, then there was the plank of, there was the plank of wood underneath. because uh, I choke slammed my brother through a bed. He was a willing participant, but he broke the bed. Uh, it was, it was, it was, it was like similar to mankind going through the hell in a cell in 1998. It was carnage. So that plank of wood has been propping the bed up for about a very, very, very long time. Wait, I you still, still have, you, you still I have, still that, have that same bed. Yeah, I've Bad. like, I've upgraded to a PS4, but I've not upgraded to a real bed. Up until he won the six-pack challenge. Jinder Mahal had an 80% loss record. And then between winning the Battle Royal and winning the championship, he had a couple of wins in between, and that only improved up to 75% uh, loss record. So that is madness. The the WWE, the 50th ever WWE champion has a 25% win record, had no branding, no merchandise, and was pretty much a jobber for 95% of his career. How the hell do you explain that? 
You can see how much he loves Jinder now, can you? Oh, this is tremendous. I've never <laughs> but, seen somebody so happy. And then, <laughs> and then the reason, rage. and then the reason, <laughs> and then the reason comes out is that there is a massive demographic in India that Vince McMahon, being the mad business <laughs> person that he is, decides he wants some of them, uh, wants to capitalise on it. And yeah, let's uh, let's just say yeah. Do we have an Indian guy on in the roster? Oh yeah, there he is. Let's put the big belt on him and say, hey, look, India, you're um, one of your home home guys is, is champion. From give Canada. us your give us your sweet rupees. <laughs> hey, you're live on air. How you doing? Oh, does that mean I can't swear? Yes. <laughs> oh Jesus! You're this alive. Is, this is, I'm, I'm under so you're much pressure already. You're alive on sleep suplex retreat. Please do not swear. Yeah. <laughs> so. You where would you where would you like to know? <laughs> How's it all building up? How's things over there? Well, the VIP queue's looking pretty damn big. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just running into the normal queue to see where all the daffies are sitting. See <laughs> <laughs> that you're there, could you be like a field reporter and can I'll be a field reporter. Be a field Does... reporter for us. Get, get some noise. Oh, the, the... Start some oh, chat. Yeah, by the way, the normal queue, the peasants are actually yeah, there's a few of them. A couple of snails, <laughs> Ask him if anyone has their tops. What would you yeah. like to know for the, for the normal, get, for the normal, first of for all, the get a, get a chant going of some sort, any chant, go for it. Who, who, who would you like to talk to? Anyone? <laughs> 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 first, get a chant going. Get a chant going. Get, get a chant. Hey, here. Chant. Get a chant going. Hey. I'll get a chant going in a minute. Poems like Total Divas, I think though he's still, to an extent, keep us the Divas tag there for like a money reason. So I don't even completely away from seeing the sort of train women in that sort of light. Yeah, um, we don't have our resident expert in Stacey in the studio today. <laughs> um, so we better not bash Total Divas too much as it was oh, her. I love Total Divas. I, 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 I like it as well. I like it as well. <laughs> I've watched Total Divas, I have watched the first season of Total Bellas. It's, it's wonderfully. It's a wonderful train wreck of I did not emotions. Even, I did not even know that there's been a spin-off. So that tells you that it's been much more successful than my eyes have seen. There is a show where John Laurinaitis is more charismatic than Natalia. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you're coming live from Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet on Strathclyde Fusion! And welcome back to this best of 2017 episode of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. I'm Stephen Wilson and I'm joined by a lot of people. Uh, right, before we go back onto the best moments, it's time as promised to announce who the contenders will be for the Suplex Retweet World Championship. <laughs> we decided uh, the best contenders based on, based on who's here and <laughs> what has been the best moment is a combination of either funny or non-funny his best moments but the, the rest of the, the rest of the pa- the rest of the panel will have their chance to pick so the contenders first of all for his story about the broken bed <laughs> Joshua Hong which one <laughs> the second contender for just as a pure a great story to hear for the for the people from the we love wrestling show with Stephen Louch mm-hmm. 
And the final contender for just great pure rage, <laughs> David Hockney! Yeah. Should, should we decide who's winning it right now just to do it? Or should we wait till the end? No, it's clearly the end of the show. Of the show. Yeah. Yeah. So Get people to tweet in. Make it the main yeah. event. No, no one is. Make it like Cyber <laughs> Sunday. Cyber Sunday or Tabby Tuesday. Let's, so, we, uh, we can rig this. So, the... the James, Stacey and Chris will all get their tri- got till the end of the show to think who you think should leave this show with the so World pleased. Championship belt. So yes, we'll be doing that later on in the show. So guys, I hope you feel nervous because you could be champion by the time we finish. Anyway, back to today's... I can tell you who wants to win it the most. <laughs> He's already got one though. He doesn't need another one. Any- that could be a double champion. Anyway, back. No, no you can't. All right, Conor McGregor. <laughs> anyway, back to what we were talking about, which was our, the panel's best moments of the year, and we're now going to go back to one of our contenders for the title, uh, Joshua Hong. Joshua, what is your next moment that's been that's highlighted the year? So I would go with WrestleMania week, not necessarily the WrestleMania event, but the entire week. Uh, I was there in attendance for WrestleMania, and it was amazing seeing Orlando transformed into a physical embodiment of wrestling. Um, a few highlights for me included watching Kurt Angle go into the Hall of Fame. Kurt Angle was my very first favourite wrestler when I was a child, so it was fantastic to finally get him to see the recognition that he deserves. Um, I got to go to a Progress Wrestling show in Orlando. Um, I wanted to go to see Progress for years, so it was excellent to be there. Um, actually, I would say that's the best live show I've been to ever. Um, maybe I think that one of the matches was the best match I've ever seen live as well so it was TK Cooper and Travis Banks versus Shane Strickland and Sammy Callahan. it was absolutely unbelievable everyone had a good time there was a lot of wrestlers hanging out afterwards and unlike a lot of the American shows you go to there wasn't a real money grabbing vibe to it a lot of the wrestlers were just hanging out taking pictures with fans it was really nice um, seeing the Hardy Boys return that blew the roof off the place um, there was no roof it was an outdoor stadium. <laughs> yeah. Well, is, what is, is the one so it blew the sky uh, off the planet. What about, what about Nikki and John getting engaged? <laughs> I don't think I remember that. I think I was in the toilet maybe. So, 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 so this is quite a hard one for a lot of us to kind of go because Joshua was the pretty much the only one who was actually out there. So you really got to see the full experience. Uh, no, he wasn't there. Alright. My flatmate was. His flatmate was, but mm-hmm. yeah, he was. So yeah, it's quite hard for the rest you of the You mean Stevie Richards. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Josh, you could obviously, you're the only one that could really put it into words, but that progress match does sound like a cracker. Yes, it was absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Uh, I wasn't even familiar with a lot of the men that were in the match, particularly Shane Strickland. Never heard of Shane Strickland before. No, Is there anybody who else who's actually ever been to WrestleMania week that can kind of come close to talking about it? Anybody else? No, just Josh? No. no. Nope. I'd highly recommend it. It's something that every wrestling fan needs to do. Yes, absolutely. absolutely yeah. It's on, the bucket, it's on the bucket list. A very small point that I would make as well is that I think often on this show and often in discussions in general, I always get told that I'm the anti-WWE guy because I'm very, very critical. But I'm also the one that's such a big fan of the product that willing to pay like you know a couple of thousand pounds to go and no, that's, 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 that's a fair So point. I think that I'm only ever critical because I absolutely love the product and I want it to be perfect. And true, it is, true. It's one of my regrets this year. I've mentioned a few times. I don't really watch much WWE one of my big regrets is not watching Mania because it was Taker's last match so Taker was on the first WWE show that I've ever seen at the SECC in 93 he's been 
my wrestling constant. He's been there all the way through to see him have his last match. Although I got to see the moments the next day, um, like him leaving his gear in the ring and stuff like that. It's one of those that I wish I'd seen that live yeah. rather than just seeing the clips on YouTube, etc. The next day. Yeah, the, the vibe was fun, but yeah, the vibe was kind of sour at that point. Actually, yeah, no, no. <laughs> a lot of the fans were really like disappointed and walking that, out and things was like that. Was that the last match on the card? Yeah, yeah it was really, right. I don't know. I thought I remember going to bed thinking. I remember going to bed thinking, right, okay, that ended on a fair note. To, to be fair, Taker. at that point with WrestleMania main events, it's it's about five, it's about <laughs> yeah. five in the morning. Now you're just like, oh, I go to bed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Shane AJ was unfortunately the first match and also the best match. However, it was it was a great show overall. One quick highlight that I would draw attention to as well, though, being obviously a British wrestling fan, uh, was when it was the um, Battle Royale on the pre-show and it got yeah. down to the final three men and Killian Dane, Big Demo, was still in there. Yes. Yeah. Not, not that he shouldn't get that recognition, but just that as a British fan, you're not used to seeing people that you know, yeah. you know, you've know, no. you been watching locally get that far, and it was absolutely fantastic. To I see. actually thought he was going to win it. I remember, I remember turning to the people that I was with and saying, I, I can't believe this. Like, I, I just, is this real? Is this a dream? But that's only going to get weirder with the people that are in WWE now. There are a lot more people that you're going to recognise yeah. and see and know and love. It's going to keep happening, and I think it's fantastic. No, it's just a great moment of, i seen Demo versus Joe Coffey in the hall that I did my marching out brigade with the, with the boys brigade. Um, when I was younger and then four or five months later you're seeing him on the national stage because that was on YouTube so I did see bits of the pre-show um, and it's just that is really weird that no totally but it sounds like a great experience and Josh thanks for sharing that with us sounds brilliant now moving back on to Stacey <coughs> Stacey what have you got for us okay well I was trying to think about which match I thought was the funniest this year and I, I hope it's the one I'm thinking of I have got Two matches because I couldn't decide which one was funnier. Please be the one, Frank. Please be the one. <laughs> so, so the first one was Bray Wyatt against Randy Orton in a House of Horrors match. Yes. I oh, thought I was killing myself laughing. So was so was so for different reasons that you. Oh, <laughs> no. I I just liked it because it was that funny it was like that ridiculous that there was actually a match like that it wasn't it it wasn't final deletion there was nothing on final deletion (laughs) i i just thought it was so funny i I think that's worth mentioning though because if people hadn't watched the final deletion it may have came across as completely random and out of context well (laughs) I, i don't think i've seen the final deletion yeah. Nah, but I just thought it was really funny. Oh, so, that is, yeah. is the funniest thing you'll ever watch. Trust me. So, <laughs> yeah. I watched a lot of the run up to all that Matt oh, and Jeff stuff. It, but I watched that. Brother Nero, you you'd come. <laughs> okay, so that was match one, and then the second match that I couldn't decide between was an ICW match. Oh come on! So it was the ICW Good Housekeeping match. Oh. Um, oh. With. Uh, Liam Thompson and Wolfgang. Oh, that was that was that was funny, but it was Wolfgang not the one I was hoping for. I'm really machine. disappointed you. Yeah. So when Wolfgang had the washing machine <laughs> and Liam Thompson had the sink, <laughs> that was just one of the funniest things I think I've ever seen in my life. It was so funny. See, Quacko's trying not to laugh here. Actually, I have to say, I totally agree. That might be the funniest thing I've seen all year. And there were excellent matches as well. Was it better than China versus Jeff Jarrett? Oh, no, much better. Never seen it. Uh, 
it was one of those the story just kept going um, so I think it was really unfortunate that Liam got quite badly injured and is now out for quite a while um, but he just sold it so well yeah. he's just so deadpan so when he yeah. did something he'd say something be like totally serious about how he's got nowhere to live and there'd be wee bits in the background um, there was a, there was a little interview in the back after I think it was the Edinburgh one which is the second one he's like where did he really lost his house yeah. and he was like oh, I've nowhere to live and it's like, I can't phone Carmel, mind I hit her with the cherry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just all these, all these wee link backs to the wee stories, and yeah. it just played it so well, and the way Wolfgang was, but it was just, it was it was like, I'm indifferent to it, but I'm going to take your house anyway. <laughs> See, the thing is, we're all quite serious about wrestling, but we do love a good funny match, if it's yeah. intentionally meant to be funny, you know, yeah. and that's what we kind of get with that kind of good housekeeping match. I was really disappointed, I was hoping for DCTV man, no, not DCTV man, the coach strip wee man, and... Uh, that, that has to be up there with one of the funniest matches when they both just lay on the it was the videos that came out after it that were even better oh, oh, right. so funny you, you me, and, me and Stacey went to see Mark Dallas's uh, little talk yes. the other night and he said that the Liam Thompson storyline was supposed to continue on into uh, Fear and Loathing but sadly obviously because Liam got injured yeah. it couldn't keep going there's supposed to be Something to do with kid fight, maybe some sort of uh, well, fight, fight club, fight club reunion. Reunion. Uh, we'll be back in time for the square goal this year. Um, no, he's, he's so so yeah, maybe maybe that'll still happen in the future, hopefully. But uh, yeah, Liam Thompson, what hopefully. an absolute hero. I'd say that you've mentioned two matches there, and I think I feel sorry for Liam Thompson and Wolfgang being mentioned next to the House of Horrors match because the good <laughs> housekeeping match and the whole storyline was fantastic, and the House of Horrors match was terrible. Yeah, absolutely. But terrible, but great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they were t- they were very spooky. They were two good, funny matches. And yeah. you know, I'm glad that they did bring entertainment. So yeah, brilliant in that type of thing. We talk about great technical matches. Those are to get two funny matches. Yeah. Moving now on back to Mr. Hockney. David, what have you got in store for us now? Well, I'm kind of disappointed because the, the, there are a couple of WrestleMania moments that have already been mentioned, like, you know, say the Hardys oh, returning pop, that was a really good... Josh, I don't know if you've seen his face when you mentioned it, it's like the red that went in. The, 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 <laughs> the Maha Rage was coming out. The Maha Rage was coming out, yeah. Wait, is that WWE? Is that a WWE thing? <laughs> nah, the, the Hardys coming back was probably one of my favourite moments as well, but uh, because Josh already mentioned it, I've got another one in mind. Not of uh, WrestleMania per se, but post-mania. <laughs> Postmania Raw specifically, and to the greatest heel promo, or greatest promo of the year probably. You talk about the big dog. Yeah, Roman Reigns opening the show. He doesn't say a word. Ex- he doesn't say anything except five words after about ten minutes of abuse from the fans. I thought that was really, yeah. really well done I mean, on their part. Let's quickly talk about that promo from Roman Reigns. Do you think WWE missed a big trick by not turning him heel that uh, after that night? No. I, well, this is mm. this is the thing. I mean, obviously, he's had. It's debatable. I think I, I can argue that I think Roman's actually had a good year. I think in the ring and and promo wise, well, but he's still obviously divided. I yeah. think the first half of the year, I think people were obviously aware of the fact. You know, he was the company's new pet project he was the new golden goose uh, as it were and but what i really hate is is wwe's booking of him because the royal rumble this year i think it was announced that the winner would main event wrestlemania but that just didn't happen randy orton won the rumble he was like third third match from the end the thing thing that wwe do it says like wrestlemania doesn't have just one main event yeah so they kind of they kind (laughs) of Sneak under the radar with that. I one. think that's bogus, to be honest. And sometimes they change their wording and say, "We'll receive a, a WrestleMania match." No, they did mm. actually say main event, and that's right. They did say main. Of, we'll say we'll main event mania, yeah. Um, but I think it's just the fact. Well, I let it slide just because obviously it was 
Undertaker's uh, main eventing and, you know, it was very well, very much near his last match. I think, you know, but just seeing Roman Reigns come out on top uh, for the second year in a row, it just deflated the whole audience. The fact, you know, it was probably Taker's well, last match and they've got... Jo- a- Josh, you were there, did it deflate the audience? Or? I didn't go to see the Raw after Mania. As in the WrestleMania? The vibe wasn't what you expected. It wasn't like everyone was flooding out talking about how great that last match was. Everyone was kind of like, oh, that's a shame. It ended the note on a really sour uh, point. Um, I don't think it was necessarily so much that Reigns won so much as that the match wasn't particularly good yeah. either. So uh, everyone obviously was excited to see The Undertaker. But um, I think that... You, you, think back to Ric Flair versus Shawn Michaels. Um, you know, you had Ric Flair who was very, very old at the time. Uh, Shawn Michaels hits the sweet chin music and before it, he sells the I love you man thing or whatever it is that he says. I can't remember the exact words. And he, I'm sorry, I love he, you, yeah. Yeah, he sells the emotion. He makes Ric Flair look respectable. But Roman Reigns kept looking at Undertaker as if, who is this guy? You know, who is this old washed up guy? It didn't make anyone look good and it was a real shame. It was like a real final, you know, nail in the coffin well, for the character. It was proper... It, it, the storytelling just wasn't there. I think it was just essentially... We're taking the torch out of Undertaker's hands, and we're putting, we're basically forcing Roman to hold. Yeah, it but now. aside from that, I still think Roman's had a good year story-wise. I had a good year. Well, second half of the year, the they fans had, don't hate Roman; they just hate the, they, the they strategy. They hate his of them. They hate the strategy behind how they create these characters, and it's a shame because Roman's a very, very good talent. But there's no way I can justify cheering for that kind of product. Yeah, I, yeah. Same. I, I, I would argue it's hard to cheer for Roman, but. Matches with Braun Strowman, uh, matches with Samoa Joe, matches in the five-man pack. I don't know, I, yeah, I'm he's getting a, a lot less boost oh, yeah. for the guy now. The SummerSlam Fatal 4-Way is probably one of his best matches. Yeah, we might, he- we, we might hear more about the SummerSlam Fatal 4-Way later on, but yeah, that was a fantastic heel promo, and it just shows what Reigns is capable of when he's motivated. I think it was like a Chris Jericho leftover promo, though. This is my yard now, that's all he said. Anyway, let's move on then, to, to back to James. James, what have you got? in store for us now uh, talking about Iron Man matches earlier one of my favourite matches this year was Nikki Cross versus Asuka Iron Woman match yes brilliant match uh, uh, not, last, not last woman standing <laughs> last woman standing sorry sorry it went, it went on for, for, for so long uh, the match ends in a really really painful looking note uh, but what I would say was surprising is not it's not like oh that was great for NXT or that was great for uh, uh, last woman standing I would say it's one of the best last standing matches that I've ever seen. Um, coming close to it, coming very close to Triple H and uh, Ric Flair. Uh, it was it was brutal, without the use of like over the top, because they don't like to see, a bit sexist from them, but they don't like to see women bleed. WWE, I think, is the big thing. That that's always been. That, it's not. It's, it's not. No, you're right. You're yeah, right. It's, it's, it's not, always it's not been something pro- I'm making up here. They've it's always not, been protected from yeah, that kind of angle. Yes. You know, women have never been allowed to bleed. But during this match, we got to see. Uh, the vicious side uh, of these performers. So you had uh, one of my favourite spots from Nikki Cross, which is when she removes the ring apron to trap someone and then just unloads on them. And then uh, what else have you got? The spot from on top of the ladder through the announce tables. And, and some really nasty stuff at ringside. The bin spots as well, those were quite yeah. lethal. Like, she, she put, uh, yeah, the, you put the bin on Nikki's head, Asuka kicks the bin. Kicking it, yeah, you know. And, we're very similar to when uh, Miss Ritman yeah. took the spot with, uh, with the ladder and uh, Shawn Michaels jumping off on top of him, yeah, which mean, I quite liked. I mean, it's great seeing uh, Nikki having such prominently great matches. Obviously, as being Scottish herself, I mean, yeah. we've, all, we've all seen Nikki. Glasgow as well. Yeah, we've all seen Nikki. I mean, we all, pretty much, near enough, all of us seen her perform at Fear and Loathing 8. She was uh, also at Baramania uh, 2016 as well. 
there was yeah. loser leaves ICW. Yeah, but she was also uh, Fear Love and It was the original one mm. for her. So that was I, when she I, fought for the women's title. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, 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 no? know, I, I was sure that this was leading to her becoming NXT Women's Champion. I thought so as Unfortunately, well. Unfortunately, it was Ember Moon. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not uh-huh. slagging Ember Moon. No. I just think she's nothing compared to to former like Nikki Cross. Yeah, they had a chance to change uh, hands there, they, and they, instead, they really should have. It probably should have even have been Peyton Royce. Yeah. It should have been. Oh, it should have been anyone except Ember Moon oh, in that Pey- match. Peyton Royce is getting. <laughs> Peyton Royce is getting called up. I think. So, oh. As is Billy Kay. Yeah. yeah. Are they already? Oh, so oh, they're having this. Supposedly, they're having yeah. this, they're having this yeah. But they're having this. No, they may, the, they may be in the women's rumble. Oh. Women's rumble. So which no, which will have Ronda Rousey. No, see, that's the thing. I think the women's rumble, uh, the the missing spots are going to be filled mostly by NXT women. Well, because yeah. there, there, there are more women joining NXT. And and, and 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 who's on NXT, David? Peyton Royce and Bellicky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they're going to be. I think it was expected anyway. Right, but, so but yeah, so so that Asuka leaving, I thought Nikki Cross was going to take her place, and it, she should have from the performance she gave this year. But and it would have been a pinfall or submission either. It would have just been. She's still. But it still would have counted. Yeah, but, but uh, she, she's still. No, I mean it should have been leading up to, it, but it's still been great that she's been a part of of sanity and even attacked Adam Cole. Recently, which was fantastic. Oh, that was brilliant. I that like was so good. <laughs> I like that she gets her own version of the Santi theme song as well. It kind of makes her very standout. Her, th- her theme, she's probably the standout member of Santi as well, because they're great as a unit. Kelly and Dana's his own yeah. version uh, as well. Kelly and Dana's unit, he has own unit. Uh, I, really like Alexa- I really like Alexander Wolf. I think he just looks. Yeah. He's very underrated, him. I just think he looks like he looks so crazy. He's just, so he, actually looks, he actually looks like he's not he gets, in the head uh, he gets his wide eyed look you know he looks proper mental but yeah that's a match I was on my actually excited for the entire no. through Bella Bell no absolutely like totally that was an absolute brilliant match and it shows what the, the, the women in wrestling in general are capable of doing right so my next point I'm going to come on so a lot of people think of me mainly as a WWE guy but I've quite liked some of the stuff that's happened on the indie circuit and one of my favourites I think was at a Ring of Honor show, I can't exactly remember if it was a Ring of Honor or a New Japan show, but it was one of the UK's own Marty Scurll when he joined the Bullet Club. Mm-hmm. Has anybody seen the moment where uh, Marty Scurll joined the Bullet Club? Venom oh, Club. Yeah. yeah. I think it was absol- It was so well done and you had that shock factor to it, it was absolutely brilliant. I mean, I don't know what you what all think at that moment. No, it's hard uh, back to earlier on when I was mentioning the being the elite, there was the really the big build to it, so they'd had Scurll hanging around them. And then he started the uh, Adam Cole's on his way out. Mm-hmm. But then yeah. seeing that angle where they did the whole Omega on the screen, um, <coughs> because first you had the young bucks ran in, then we uh, thought, oh, this is going to be it. Then they embraced them. Then suddenly the lights go out, and then Omega comes on. He's like, oh, thank you for your time and your adulation. I don't want you to keep run over. We are going to mention on it, but. Um, no, it's pretty much. It's, it's like, oh, your t- uh, sorry, your time's up. And then they subtly move the camera to the side, and you see Skrull obviously with a mask on, and the crowd just goes crazy, and it comes out with the umbrella, umbrella down. It's just, it was so good. Yeah, just like the Bullet Club logo on the umbrella, uh, and that's just something. The umbrellas are selling like stupid amounts of crazy. Um, it just shows if you can get the right inanimate object over. Um, to the point where we've even seen WWE use it with uh, Jack Gallagher. Yeah. And well, those are umbrellas as well. Uh, like, an animal, <coughs> like when you say inanimate objects, you know you can mean like the list of Jericho. You mean it's a clipboard for crying out loud. Yeah, yeah. but the thing is, everyone needs umbrellas. Exactly. Yeah. Well, well yeah. maybe we. Everyone needs an umbrella. I mean, yeah. in Britain, yeah. But I mean, Josh got an umbrella. <laughs> Josh got one of them. It was such a disappointment. <laughs> 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 WrestleCrate's version of Marty Scurll's umbrella was tragic. 
or just another point, can you share a picture of that? Because I'm, have you got? I can share a picture. Yeah. Uh, no, I just I've not seen the WrestleCrate one, but I have been tempted by the. The get the get the real one. I think the the real one sold out in a few minutes, and that's why. But yeah, the never mind. I don't want. I don't want to slag. The thing about it though is, I've okay. been I've been a big fan. Of, okay. I've been a big fan of Marty since he was even in the, the TNA boot camp when he was part of Marty, and he was also yeah. he, he, he hoped when he was also the host of Wrestle Talk TV. It, yeah, and he had so much charisma at that I point. I think that's then. where he kind of got really popular. Though, well, that's when he kind of he was originally just like that party Marty, and then they had that's when he started. I remember that time he was developing the villain character, mm-hmm. and it started to come across. And he won the he won the oh, what's the tournament he won last year? The one in Battle Los, Los Angeles, Angeles Battle of Los Angeles. Angeles. Thank you. Yeah, he won that, and that kind of came. I thought that came out of nowhere, and that's when he started to come across. He run won the Ring of Honor TV title. And he started to obviously move across. That Bullet Club move's obviously done him wonders. Yeah, yeah. He's, then he had the, uh, at the moment he's got the IWGP, uh, yeah, the light ju- junior heavyweight, which we'll talk about in next week's preview show uh, for yes. that event. But the, he has it's just that it's about getting your personality over. He's got himself out there. He's got the wider appeal, and he's grabbed it. Um, he came in. He went from being not really known, got the recognition went into the Bullet Club, then took that further, went over to Japan, done really well there, um, and then you see him come back here, so I seen him in East Kilbride a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> and it's just that bizarre, you see, we see in these shows, and then he still comes back and does the UK shows, because of the reputation he built, the well, guys it, it, up, up until before. recently he was the defiant champion, that, 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 that promotion, yeah. <laughs> that does exist. Just to say as well, like, when Stephen said you saw him in East Kilbride, uh, that's the first time I'd ever seen Marty's girl, and he's, I am—I um, think I'm a convert now. I'll, I am a big. I love fan. the thing he does with the fingers. You know, I could. Yeah. Wait, what? The thing, the f- he, he, he pulls the fingers. Back oh right. Fingers fingers Show me on the doll see. where he touched you, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, see, just. <laughs> Show me, on, show me on David. Show <laughs> <laughs> me. Uh, it was some, point, something else. It, that it I was would, pointing above the waist there to anyone who can't see what's going on in the studio. <laughs> something else I would say though about your point about that being an, an excellent moment where I joined the Bullet Club. Um, I think that if you if you think about product life cycle, like the popularity of Bullet Club should have peaked by now, and it's been through so many iterations of leadership that people by now. Like, you know, statistically, they should be fed up of it, but it's still fantastic. It's, like, become a seal of quality. If you're a part of Bullet Club, then you're a world-class heel and technical wrestler. Bullet Club. For, 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 for and I think if, if you look at the money Marty must be making now for joining the Bullet Club, he's now in Hot Topic, which I looked up, so it's, like, our equivalent of HMV. Yeah. So uh, you, you imagine going into HMV and even seeing, like, an ICW shirt or a Progress shirt would be a big thing here. Bullet Club are taking over whole stores. They've got whole stands. We've seen Jericho's now got a shirt in. Through his, uh, um, can't find the word for it, like Allegiance, or because um, he's, he's tying with Omega, and he's, it's all over Twitter. It's selling out in stores, etc. So that's a massive thing for independent wrestling. <coughs> Hot Topic went to WWE and said, "Can you sell us these Bullet Club shirts? Because I've seen so many at WrestleMania." And I went, "That's not us." And it eventually started linking through, so it went from one Bullet Club shirt to all the Bullet Club shirts to all the members' shirts, and now it's all people who are just associated with them. So it's a really big seller. Yeah, totally. But no, it was a great moment to see one of our, one of Britain's own joining such a big group. But yeah, that was one of my favourites. We'll go back round the panel again for a final moment, best moment of 2017. Going back to Stephen. Stephen, what's your final moment for us? I'm going to change the one that I was going to talk about. Um, I'm going to talk about one of my highlight moments, but it's also got a bit of disappointment comes to it as well. Right. And I'll try to throw in it. It's not a sad personal tale before <laughs> anyone tunes out. I think I've got an idea, but you might be referring to So, um, 
the first show I went to this year was the WWE UK Night 2 mm-hmm. where they crowned the champion and that's probably one of the, the biggest crowd response nights that I've been at so there's a lot of people there from talking to people at the show they didn't know who most of the wrestlers were it was quite an introduction to them but they were really drawn in by it um, so it was such an amazing show and I thought this could really be something I don't know all these guys here they're not all the bigger names this could be something because I'd also at that point been to I was at the World of Sport taping as well so I thought we've got these two big juggernauts of people coming in and this is going to be the next rise up of the UK scene and then the minute that the World of Sport show fell apart when they got involved with Jeff Jarrett and it just didn't come to pass WDB's interest and it seemed to cool away in terms of a weekly show so we have seen the guys go into NXT and do really well and um, seen like Tyler and Pete Dunne have nomination for like top five matches of the year superb but absolutely superb it doesn't seem to be a bar one taping that they had that looked kind of half bothered that they even done it it's all went quiet yes we're not seeing anything happening (laughs) on a UK scene we're seeing the guys appear on NXT but I I feel that's at the start of the year that looked like here's the next level of UK wrestling but then it's fell away again but in terms of one night being at a show and getting really drawn in um, that world, the WWE UK night two, um, probably one of the certainly the top three shows that I've ever attended. I remember watching it live, the, the tournament, and it was phenomenal. I remember I went crazy in my living room when Wolfie, spoiler, when Wolfie <laughs> beat Trent Seven in the quarterfinals. I went crazy. One of the, one He's of the, one of our own, Stacey. Come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm with Stacey on that one. I was upset that. Trent but it was brilliant. Him. I was just going crazy. I was Trent like, is one of ICW's too, you could say. Wolfie. She has a moment, though. There was one of the bits in that that um, they were doing. They were te- um, acting like they were going to do the suplex to the outside spot that Trent had been doing quite a lot of his ICW tag, uh, title matches. And. So we knew from the way they were doing it, uh, people who'd seen them at ICW knew that wasn't going to happen the way it was, but just seeing a big group of WWE fans jump out of their chairs and run away from a whole corner because they really thought that it was going to suplex in, so it just showed with the quality of a match you can draw people into your moves just by teasing them out. Um, so it's really good to see all these people coming in and talking to people in the pubs afterwards. Like, oh, I've not seen that guy before. So you could say, well, have a look at Progress, have a look at ICW, well, the f- the f- all these shows that are about The thing there. about it, I never heard the Tyler Bate. I knew he was. I knew of him as one half of Mustache Mountain, but I didn't really know much about him. But obviously now, since then, his career's skyrocketed. I mean, still only twenty. I mean, what was I doing? When I was twenty. I was in. I was in. I was in fusion. <laughs> talk, talking rubbish with David. <laughs> yeah, and he's won a WWE title. I like how you treat that as if it's like the bottom of the barrel talking rubbish with David. <laughs> it wasn't just fusion we were doing as well. We were doing the same dance degree as well. Don't go, <laughs> oh yeah. don't go, don't go off topic. The of real rock and rollers oh yeah. right here. <laughs> but no, the, the UK tournament was great because it gave such a great um, introduction to a lot of people of these guys that we had. I mean, the guys like Jordan Devlin's now a household name in the UK. Uh, Mark Andrews, who his career was going south for the way. He was out bag of crap before that tournament like well, it was going so bad in TNA won, he won TNA boot camp too yeah but Come on. Was, oh, what did, you ever, did you ever see him on TV though he, he was he oh, was no. so bad Mad, <laughs> Mandrews yeah. for Jordan Man. Devlin though like I, I think it depends what household you grew up in yeah <laughs> yeah, oh. no, 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 I mean, no, 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 it's not a reference, it's just saying that I don't know if he's quite household I, yet. And, 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 and I don't know anything about the guy, to be honest. Anyway, anyway. Jordan Devlin's fantastic. Chat. I didn't say he wasn't, I think he's great. Anyway, but that was a great moment. Thanks for that, Stephen. I'm glad. It was good that you actually had somebody who was able to attend that, which was brilliant. Uh, now we move back on to Chris. 
Chris, what have you got now in store for us? Okay, so uh, I've still got a list of five in front of me and it took me a long time to figure out what my last one was going to be. But I went for a match that I saw live and what I think might have been my favourite match I've seen live this year. I can't remember if I've already said that or not, but I'm going to hope that I'm not. Um, and I went to this particular event with Josh, so it works that he's here next to me in the studio to my right. Um, so it was the Edinburgh War of the Worlds event, which is a cross-promotion of Ring, Ring of Honor, Honor, New Japan, Japan uh, other people. Um, but <laughs> mainly it worked out because I'd started watching New Japan two weeks before, and so I was so involved in it. But... One of the things was that I'd obviously learned that uh, the Young Bucks were quite a cool thing, Bullet Club was quite a cool thing, and at the event there was a, uh, was it the Ring of Honor Trios title? Six-man tag team belts, which I was like, this can't be a thing. You can't have six-man tag team belts, that's nonsense. They haven't done that since the 80s. And then when the match came out, it was um, the Young Bucks and Hangman Page versus, uh, what's his name, Dalton Castle and, and the boys. Were you there as well, Steve? Yeah. Yeah, Steve was there as well. Excellent. Um, <laughs> but um, so I like I'd uh, bought a ticket like two minutes before the event. One of my mates actually had to buy it for me because I didn't have any money, and I was like, I didn't have massive expectations of it. But um, this particular uh, six-man tag team title match was just absolutely amazing. It's the only time I've pure actively cheered for heels because yeah. uh, the Young Bucks and Hangman were so over. Um, there was so many mental moves in the match. You know how this whole stuff with uh, Ricochet and uh, Will Ospreay getting crap because their moves look like gymnastics? In that particular match, I was just like, this is absolutely amazing. And the finish was this crazy, like, moonsault, uh, pile driver, the, the crossover mel- thing. The Meltzer driver. The Meltzer driver. Meltzer I learned driver. after it that that's what it was called. <laughs> uh, and yeah, Ring of Honor did a title change in Edinburgh at the Corn Exchange, and I was just. <laughs> I was just remember turning to Josh and turning to my other mate. I was like, I can't believe this is I, happening. This I, is amazing. I think personally, from bits the bits that I've seen, I think Ring of Honor's had a stellar year that's kind of went under the radar because obviously, Josh mentioned the the Okada Omega series has dominated New Japan. WWE's been where they are, but you, Ring of Honor kind of just went under the radar a wee bit this year, kind of yeah. with, with that relationship with New Japan. They also posted, um, or someone posted the other day that Ring of Honor have had their biggest ever year in terms of attendance and tickets. Sales. Well, Final Battle, I think, went down a treat. You know, the one recent, the recent event, so you had things like, I mean, Christopher Daniels winning the Ring of Honor what title? Oh, that was went completely under the radar in the whole big wrestling world. I think. But that kind of moment, because you think he never actually, I never knew before he won it that he never won the Ring of Honor title. Something that I just want to uh, mention about that show that me, Chris and Stephen attended was uh, during one of the matches, Titan from CMLL in Mexico Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) chucked his t-shirt out into the audience, so (laughs) it lands lands right into my lap, right? So that's fantastic, obviously. But I remember, like, while we were holding it, like, just the scent of cinnamon kicked up from it. Do you remember this? <laughs> yeah. the, the t-shirt smelled, like, incredibly of cinnamon from miles away. And I remember thinking, I don't know how a t-shirt could smell like this. Like, maybe it's some sort of, like, body powder or something. But someone behind me jokingly taps me on the shoulder and he's like, I'll give you ten pence for it. So I turned around and I'm like, mate, smell this. And he thought I was the weirdest guy ever. He's like, no, 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 no. I think, I think he thought maybe the first thing I'd done was pick this up and go, <laughs> you know, it it, but like, really, it was just like, oh, smell this, it's, it's strange. Two big memories from that show is, by before the, even the first match has started, my hand was absolutely killing me from banging in the boards, because I was front row. Uh-huh. Um, but also as well, it gave me a really good appreciation for the guys in our scene, 
because I don't think there was anything on there that I've not seen our guys at least do our match. It gave us a good... We've got such a good scene in Scotland, all these guys we can see. Yeah. These were the guys who are going to main event, like the Tokyo Dome in front of 70,000 people, that can then go up to a Mania card and go further in a Battle Royal where they're not announced and not really a known name. Our guys are so good that these can step up and be at that level. That was something that disappointed me in the Ring Honor show was we didn't have any Scottish guys on it. With Mark Haskins was the British rep, but the rest of it was all... Josh Borum. Oh, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "Who's who's this game? Who's this game, pants?" But it was it, that's what I really, I really did enjoy it, and it was something new for me. I've never watched Ring of Honor on a regular basis, never seen a show before, but to attend it live, it was a good show. But I wouldn't pay seventy pounds again. <laughs> yeah, see, I remember I totally took one for the team on that one because I'd paid like seventy pounds for a top ticket as well. But when I found out that there was like a free seat next to Chris, uh, I was like, oh, camaraderie takes precedence. Sat yeah. back was it's amazing. Yeah, sat back in the cheap seats. Yeah, the nosebleeds. But yeah, just a slight tack on of that specific match. Just seeing all the new Japan guys live, like Evil and Naito and Sanada, and just being like this was on the TV in Japan a week ago at four in the morning and yeah. now they're in the corner exchange and uh, Cole Cabana with his su- surprise appearance as well who's like my favourite indie wrestler I know I, I think see for me paying for autographs is kind of against uh, my beliefs <laughs> however I remember Kushida standing a few feet away from me and being so tempted oh, yeah. <laughs> he is good he's brilliant but yeah it was great having such a big event on the Corn Exchange, as Chris said, even had seen title changes here, that was that's a great moment itself. It's probably a good time actually now to move on to Josh again. Josh, what is your final moment of twenty seventeen? I am going to go for Jinder Mahal winning the WWE. <laughs> yes! 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 This is one that I don't understand why fans dislike, and I don't understand why fans didn't see it coming. So. For, I think it's been going for about six years now, but we have a Facebook chat group where we all record our predictions before the shows. Yeah. And I remember being the only one that put my name down against Jinder. And I wasn't just putting my name down, I was absolutely adamant there's no way any other result could have happened other than Jinder winning. They had a chance to capitalise on a massive market. They had a chance to tell a story with a new champion, someone who hadn't had a story told before. They had a chance to have a massive shock moment, even bigger than, say, when the Miz beat Orton. Orton's not got a good track record for losing the belt to, you know, credible talents. (laughs) See, obviously, people can't see what's going on in the studio. Josh has said that all with a straight face, while David's face has got redder and redder (laughs) and redder. but, But this is the thing, though. So... I mean, if you want someone that's an incredibly exciting technical performer, I don't know why you would go to WWE. You go to WWE to have stories told, to have characters developed, um, you know, as a bit of a pantomime. So when you've got, like, a, you know, a massive villain um, winning the belt, sorry, I'm actually scared. There's like. He's hulking up. I think I'm a bit scared to be sitting in between you. <laughs> <laughs> See what we're all. So I thought the moment was absolutely fantastic, and it was great to see that uh, that you know someone that was treated as kind of I don't I don't want to use the word someone that was treated as a jobber previously in WWE was finally being treated as a top tier talent, and it was so exciting. Everyone always complains that um, you know uh, he's not been there long enough, or he's not been you know in the in the mid card for long enough. But we know from the track record that having a long history in the middle card doesn't do anything good for top tier talents. It's not worked for Ziggler. It's not worked for Rhodes. Uh, two of the best men in WWE. Big sweaty, man. Well, yeah. EP, EP wants to chip in here. Okay. 
the plaintiff has come in with their story <laughs> where the defendant likes to come in now. <laughs> okay, panel? Or more, more, more precisely, David? David? Brief, brief, briefly, David? Yeah. Look, Josh, I get, I get what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> just leave it there, just leave it there. Briefly, David. I get what you're saying, but it just... I just don't get it. David, 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 right. So... <laughs> it's not real! The, the year is the mid-90s, right? WWE want to break into Canada. So they decide to put the belt on Bret Hart. So does that mean that you don't respect Bret Hart as a wrestler? <laughs> no, it's not that at all. It's, <laughs> it's, it's the fact that, well, for example, uh, Bret- wait, wait, wait. Actually, now I'm thinking about it. Were you not a massive fan of the Miz when Miz won the belt? Oh. You were the only in, guy in, I knew who was fa- a fan of the Miz when he won the belt. In my defence, he had. He had progressed. His character development was a nice, yeah. gradual one. So he started off with reality TV. He get, he finds a tag team partner, wins the tag team titles with John Morrison. Fair enough. He gets over on the dirt sheet, so he's got a fan base now, and he's got a branding. Then he breaks off onto his own in Raw, wins the US title, so he's an established mid card talent. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back to gender, though. See, see, this is the thing, right? Everyone's always complaining that there's all these bad guys that really want to be cheered by the fans, and you know, I, I, it's ironic heat, I guess you could say. So the fact that you absolutely despise gender, no, the, the fact you despise gender, it, it, he's doing his job so well. What I said in a previous show is, I don't hate gender, mm-hmm. I hate the way he's been built. Really? Yes, I said that in the uh, Rise of Three MB episode. I said, but I don't hate that very well. I said. I said I don't mind gender actually. I think he's actually not that bad. Does anybody, I just hate does, it, does anybody the way he's been booked? Does anybody else want to chip in? David, you've had your moment. <laughs> anybody else want to chip in? I'm going to defend David and his view on it. Thank you, Stephen. To, to, to me, I look at I'm, I'm, I'm title belt isn't just a piece of metal and a leather strap on the back of it. It's the heritage or cardboard and some lovely glitter or a styrofoam glitter. Yeah, it's it's the history and. This was this was an instance for me. I, I totally see on Josh's point as well about how it is good to see someone different. But at the same time, that's the belt that Hulk Hogan held, that Bret Hart held, that the Undertaker held. At the main title of an organisation, we've all had a in our show that unfortunately didn't make the air last week about WCW. We talked about David Arquette, etc. People not deserving. Jinder is a professional wrestler. He's been doing it for a very long time. He'll wrestle better than I ever will. It was too quickly, too soon, based on where he'd been before. It was a massive leap from getting beat from everybody. Even when he was in Raw, he was getting beat by everybody. There was that switch over, and then he did it. Um, if he'd had a progression, if he'd had a US title run, and maybe won the title, if he'd had his title run, but with a lesser belt, and then maybe this time of year became a, a challenger, then you could see it. To me, from the outside, not watching the shows and dipping in and out of SmackDown, it seemed far too quick and sudden. Um, but... That's what wrestling's so good about. It's so divisive that we've all got our different views on it. Mm-hmm. Oh, you want me to draw a closing point? No. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to no. say something. Oh, no, 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 sorry. Um, no, I think Jinder's been absolutely fantastic. I think if we go with the stories that have already been told time and time again, the usual progression, we'll never get anything different. There'll never be any surprise. And actually, if, I'm not trying to underplay anyone's talents because Jinder's incredibly talented as well, as well as a lot of people have held the belt. But Jinder's actually about the same in the ring in terms of exciting matches as a lot of people that have previously held the belt. The only difference is they've been marketed as being 
a good guy. Jinder's not being marketed as a good guy. Jinder's drawing incredible heat. He's divided the wrestling world. Everyone's tuning in to see... Oh, I mean, not anymore. He's not the champion anymore. Everyone was tuning in. It made for a fantastic moment. And thank God he took off Orton. Just G- Jinder held the WWE title for longer than Ric Flair did. I would just like to say... I feel quite bad for saying this, but I think my favourite part about the entire gender title reign was a uh, David's hatred of it. <laughs> well, the thing about gender is he divided a lot of opinions. Ari was a nice, great heel, David, for example, not liking it. But yeah, he did divide opinion and he had his shot, but obviously now the title's off him. And we'll see where gender uh, goes from here. Spoiler alert, he's in the semi-finals of the US title. Uh, tournament. Uh, Spoilers. That's the mid card. <laughs> Stacey, do you have another point or do you get both your points done? Uh, well, I got reminded of another point, okay, um, so which was originally going to be one of my points, um, which I forgot about. Um, it was France 98. Yeah, the France '98. That was a show. great tournament. Oh, oh. I thought we were talking about wrestling. It was the <laughs> night before Fear and Loathing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. ICW. Yeah, ICW. Um, yeah, just the entire show, because like, before it, I thought I only knew like maybe three or four matches that was announced for it. Yeah, there wasn't a crazy uh, announced before. No, but I think that's one of the best shows that there's been all year for uh, ICW. The ending of that show, obviously. It was fantastic. Was, uh, uh, the best hype for a show I've yeah. ever had. No, you but know? the thing is, we were at, um, well, some of us were at the Christmas ICW show. So it was like on the... 11? This year. Yeah, yeah this uh, year. Yeah. yeah, and like all throughout that show... Whenever they were trying to get a match started or anything, people would start yeah. hu- would start humming that, that tune. That was my pal Craig, and he just wouldn't stop it. <laughs> don't, yeah, don't encourage um, him. No, honestly, it was it was fantastic, yeah. and the atmosphere was and amazing. It, it, like it was honestly one of the best shows it really I've hold, been to this year. It really holds up watching it back as well. The atmosphere really comes across. Yeah. Sometimes you can be at a show and you watch it back and you think. I was a lot louder when I was there watching it back on the on demand. Um, you said there wasn't a lot announced before it, mm-hmm. so it was like, what matches are happening here? There was a DCT match, so I was happy. Um, <laughs> and then that was kind of halfway through the show where they'd done the build up to the Carlos Valderrama. And then oh, that was one of the best things I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> so there was a lot going on in that match, and then they went up and it was one of the fans of I think Ian Milne, maybe apologies if I'm wrong there actually had a World Cup and it gave it to ICW to use on the night so you had them going up to the balcony in the oh, garage is that, and is that where they got the World Cup from? Uh, yeah, oh. um, and then done them lifting it and the whole it was just it was one of those nights where you watch back old ICWs where everybody was drunk and I think because it was a Saturday it helped that more folk were drunk because it was just a really boisterous atmosphere yeah. the garage was full to come, some people complained too full um, <laughs> there has I been told that, yeah. off on Twitter yeah well. so it has <laughs> been it, in terms of an atmosphere and being at a show it's one of those where you're like I probably couldn't tell you very much about the matches but what a night I had oh it was fantastic yeah it looked like a fantastic. great night and obviously everybody enjoys it and it served up fear and loathing quite well but uh, I will move on obviously we've got a lot of stuff to go through so we'll quickly move on to our final three best moments we will do it quickly yeah. David uh, character wise do I'm really glad is in WWE now Drew Gulak <laughs> broken mat walking mat I think it's absolutely wonderful! Because, you know, he's like the most over character in, well, one of the most over characters in wrestling, like for the past few years. You know, it started in TNA and then he's moving through Ring of Honor with Brother Neither. But now that he's in WWE, I think this is like 
the best thing that could have happened to them when they brought the Hardys back because you know they had the whole nostalgia feel for uh, like a few months but then they had the Jeff got injured unfortunately but in a way they turned a bad thing into a good thing and that's when they were able to secure the rights to the broken I, gimmick I know from discussions we've had offline that there is a mixed reaction throughout the panel on the broken woken gimmick uh, can I quickly chip in on that one uh, yeah, watching the recent vignettes and bits he's been doing with Bray Wyatt, it's good for Bray to have an opponent who is actually being booked as like smarter than him and not just scared of his like spooky dead boy whatever gimmick. You know, it's, it's good to see Matt Hardy having fun with something as well. He's clearly enjoying what he's doing, and the 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 team extreme return he almost did with Jeff wasn't cutting it, and hopefully it goes somewhere good. Yeah, the nostalgia feeling lasted long enough, but, you know, there were still snippets of the broken gimmick uh, between the two of them. Is this where we do another unfortunate bit where we say, oh, I'm sorry, Jeff got injured, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's allowed Matt Hardy to go off and do the Bless- thing. Blessing now. in disguise. Go- going back to um, where we were talking earlier on about the House of Horror match, is that it was... Stacey was saying, people found it funny but not for the obvious reasons. It was probably one of those that wasn't meant to be that daft, but it came across as really funny. And that's what I think was the secret to Broken Matt originally, was that you knew really... That it, all it was missing was like a wee wink at the camera, going, oh, I'm in on this joke as well, and you can all come along for the ride. And that's been my worry with WWE with it, is that it's going to be one of those things that they're trying to play too serious. Yeah. But it is, because it's one of these little unique bits, they are putting up the videos up on YouTube, so I've seen them... Uh, was playing chess against the goldfish and playing the wee daft bits. That was the some gold, of the height. The, the goldfish with the soul of Napoleon. Napoleon. Because <laughs> um, I've seen him previously box with a kangaroo soul of uh, Broken the, Joe Frazier. You know what? There was actually a story. See, when they had that big event in TNA about Broken Matt, there was a big rumour that the kangaroo was going to fight Grado. <laughs> uh, it never, I don't think it ever happened but the big rumour was Grado was going to fight the kangaroo I wonder why <laughs> uh, I, honestly I, I wasn't massive on um, the TNA version of that particular storyline um, I thought it was a bit daft honestly like, and I watched a lot of it I didn't watch Final Deletion but I watched a lot of the, the run up up to it because some kind human being put it all on YouTube for us um, but I've got two things to say about it thing one is when is the last time WWE have literally taken someone else's storyline and used it themselves. You can say they kind of touched on it with uh, the club. Um, yeah. Or maybe like when Ric Flair came in with the belt in 1992, that's kind of... But like they've never really done that. It's absolutely insane that that's mm. something... It just shows you how big a deal this is in the wrestling world. And thing number two is, as much as I don't really care about Broken Woken... Uh, spoken Matt Hardy <laughs> is that this this what we're forgetting about all of this is this is going to lead to one of the greatest things in wrestling and every time it happens it's awesome Jeff Hardy singles yeah. run brother Nero he was amazing in 2009 I don't even mean his brother Nero I just mean oh. his like he's one of the biggest faces in wrestling um, in 2009 when he was a champ and he was having those matches with CM Punk that was awesome I think he beat Triple H for the he WWE did, title yeah. like, no, 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 who, not for the title, I think. It was he, a number one contenders match. Yeah. No, no, well, there was a match that was it, him, it, it was a him, threat. him, Kozlov and Triple H, and he won the belt out of it. Mm. Um, uh, no, it was Edge, Edge and Triple H. Edge and Triple H. Oh, my bad, sorry. Mm. Um, just the, the fact that that even happened was absolutely insane, and hopefully once Jeff gets all his limbs back together, this will lead to a, a singles run with him. One of the most amazing things I find about this broken, woken gimmick of Matt Hardy in WWE is that Vince is apparently giving him a big level of... Uh, 
creative control, mm-hmm. which yeah. is which is interesting. You don't really see Vince I, give up. I don't think anyone else could write that though. That's probably I know. why. Like, De- <laughs> we don't understand it, but we want it. No, but I agree with you. I'm a fan of uh, Broken Woken Matt Harley. Hopefully, we'll see a good run from him in 2018. Moving on now to James. James, what's your final moment? It was very difficult to pick between my, these two matches. I really, 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 really enjoyed. Uh, Samoa Joe submitting Reigns in the five-man match at Extreme Rules. Yeah, no, that was yeah. Balor. He submitted Balor. Ah, it... oh, was it? No, yeah. no. When did he submit Reigns then? Uh, on, on Raw. On an episode Raw. of Raw. On an episode Bot-Germania. of Germania. Oh <laughs> well, actually, never mind then. It's quite an easy choice. Um, <laughs> I didn't know we could just make them up. <laughs> no, I was, I was sure. I was sure it was. You can include two K seventeen in this game versus Judd Cena. No way. I want a tight one to PlayStation. Probably Pete Dunne versus Jeff Hardy. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, that's Specifically, the finish with the Talibate diving out. Pete Dunne going. That's my shot. Throwing the back of the ring. Better end. And something Stephen touched on earlier was saying, there's you know there's not a lot of times where you know you're talking about Kenny Omega hitting his one man angel match over, but Pete Dunne hits the better end, matches over. Dean Ambrose hits the dirty deeds, matches over. Finn Balor hits the coup de grass, matches over. There's a lot of that in WWE actually. I'd say they've got really protected finishers, yeah. and then some of them that are terrible. Like I don't know if Superman. I don't know if the Styles Clash puts people away that often anymore. Like mm-hmm. it's the phenomenal form that doesn't it. Well, if you don't tuck your head back. That NXT match was fantastic. It's so good. Uh, like, arguably like, the best, arguably the best NXT match of the year. They gave Jim, they gave them Jim Ross to Jim commentate Ross for commentated. one match. He commentated for one match, and it was that one. The only uh, other person, that, uh, that, that, uh, yeah, Undertaker. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, so, he, he'd done the commentary on the the second UK Championship show. That's what they put him back under contract. They took him from World of Sport. So he's meant to do all the UK ones, but it just disappeared. Because the world is working. Well, WWE recently ranked uh, that match as the third best of the year. It's amazing. I actually showed it to my brother the other day, and he had no idea who either of them were. And at the start, he was like, "This is crap, Josh." But then towards the end, he was like, oh, "It's okay." It's so good. <laughs> and then it's just—it's insane to look at them. These two guys who just—they're uh, they're barely in their mid twenties. They're not in the mid twenties. Tell me, twenty-one. 2023. 20, 20, 20, 20, is, is he 20? Yeah, yeah, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, Matches that are better than some of the most seasoned performers in the entire wrestling world. That's a good point. You should I'm fight them. I'm just sitting there thinking, like, yeah, exactly. I'll fight them. Nah, it's, it's, it's funny thinking, though. You look at them and think, these guys are putting on matches better than John Cena, better than, you know, they're putting on a bit better matches than AJ Styles had during the year. Although AJ Styles probably had the best year as, as terms of like average rating of matches he's had. Probably the best. So, see, in, see, in terms of that UK championship, though. That's given. Imagine when we were kids being able to go to a show. So I've seen the UK Championship defended in a church hall in Govan, seen it in, in PWE uh, down in there. So you, see, you see all these wee tiny shows that they're taking that UK Championship. Imagine, imagine we'd seen the Intercontinental Belt defended at a small show when we were kids. So all these kids that are going to these family shows in the UK now are getting first-hand access, getting to get pictures with a proper... This isn't just someone bringing out the... the 
a Euroshot belt, someone's bringing an actual WWE belt out, they're getting a picture, that's really aspirational, that must be such an even bigger termination, I could be that guy, and that's only going to help the UK scene, we getting more people into training and advancing. The thing is as well, the two of them have put over the country division <laughs> so, so well, they've actually ran with it, it's not like they've kind of went and they've kind of maybe flopped and then the two of them have put on match after match, and as we said, the combined age of the two of them is not even 50. And an NXT. Scary thought. It's, in, it's on the big stage of NXT as well. Yeah. And you heard the match they had at TakeOver, because it was obviously... Uh, it, was, it was in Chicago, am I right saying? That match. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. The, crowd, the, yeah. the crowd were were firmly behind the two of them. It wasn't yeah. just like, oh, who, do you, who are these two guys? Was, say, yeah, whenever they come out, they steal the show. In all fairness, I think Chicago is quite a smart crowd. I think they know a lot of people in the wrestling industry. There's only smart one thing. There's one thing that they have to do with that that UK title, which feels long overdue for me. Get that belt on Wolfgang. <laughs> He's earned it so so long ago. Get it on Wolfgang. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, but done and bait, done brilliantly in this year. Hopefully, do the same going forward. Oh, right, absolutely. Now it's on to the final moment for us. It's my moment. I've I've got a list here that's been quite hard for me to kind of narrow it down. I thought things like of Tommaso Ciampa turning heel. There was the, the Usos U Day rivalry, the Fatal 4-Way match at SummerSlam, the May Young Classic as well. However, I've went for a moment that took place in a small venue in Cardiff. It was the moment where indie wrestling and WWE truly merged. It was when Triple H showed up at the ICW show. Yeah. And right before Fear and Loathing. It's hard to describe a moment that Triple H showing up on an on our own indie promotion. On a Glasgow-based indie promotion, yeah. It was showing up on Facebook Live. Oh, actually, they were doing something. Oh, just clicking it. And then when Mark Dallas went, oh, Triple H. And everybody's like, yeah, we expected, like, Toll coming out wrestlers or something. <laughs> then when it actually came through the cut, and it's like... What? Someone just messaged me saying Triple H just showed up in ICW and I was like, aye, okay. Yeah, yeah, sure. sure. Oh, wow, really? Oh, oh, oh. You know, it's it's, it's not like the, it's not like you need the WWE's approval as a company. But it doesn't. See, it doesn't go amiss, you know? See, actually, I'm thinking about it. One of my favourite moments of the year was when the, on that He's, up, he's fighting at, su- at Survivor Series in the US the next night. No, he's not there. And it just, everything just shut up. It's because <laughs> I didn't know the card for Summer's Love. <laughs> Survivor Series. Oh. I, I, I was like, <laughs> yeah, I really didn't know the card. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was, it, it, was, it was just good because you, thought, you had all these kind of crossovers already. You had the UK title tournament. Obviously, Dallas was there. You had all these, the UK title was defended, but Triple H is such a big deal. And he showed up on our own well it wasn't our, technically it was our own backyard because it was yeah. our promotion but it was in the Cardiff show because I it kind of I don't think it was a coincidence that it was the same day that the Omega uh, Jericho match was announced <laughs> oh. it suddenly took over the wrestling <laughs> internet so it was just like oh they think they've got all the attention in Japan well hold my beer I'm going to walk <laughs> out here in Cardiff <laughs> I like there was a tweet that said hold my bucket but no it was great to find you kind of thought that we, we've had subtle bits that ICW's made it but moment Triple H came out that curtain you just know they've made it in the wrestling yeah. world is that ICW's biggest moment of 2017? it's Ooh. probably the most shocking moment but I don't know if it's it's best Ooh. moment we could be here all day talking about that exactly, moment. Yeah. exactly. Maybe not, best, I think, well, not think, best but biggest I think best well ICW's best moment could be argued uh, BT Gun becoming triple crown champion I mean I remember I was there for at Shugs the second night and I, the whole place when 
nuts when he beat Kenny I, Williams. I yeah. don't know whether it's the biggest or the best moment of the year, however, I would say that it's something that's quite interesting this year that hasn't really been present in previous years is organisations in wrestling kind of doing a bit of cross-promotional work. So Triple H obviously putting over ICW by showing up. Um, a lot of the UK independent talents doing WWE and independent shows, but also New Japan, Ring of Honor, CMLL, everything. The wrestling's in a really good place at the moment. Absolutely. But yeah, that was the panel's best moments of 2017. EP, is there anything you quickly want to add in, or are you...? Um, yeah, why not? Um, matches out there. I'm not just saying this match because I like pronouncing his name because I can pronounce it right. It was a match between Andrade Cien Alma versus mm-hmm. Johnny Gargano. One of WWE's listed matches of the year. Franz Dighty was properly, properly good. Love that. Um, and also a wee moment. Um, this was a raffle prize, which I think is probably <laughs> the best raffle prize ever. And it was a prize to be a special guest announcer for David Starr at Discovery Wrestling. Yeah. Like the whole night was properly, properly good. And for folks that don't know David Starr, he has the, probably the longest ever nicknames. Like he's this, he's that, he's the the the. It was a proper A4 the circumcised savior, is what yeah. it was. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like properly, properly long. And the person that won it was a wee boy called Keegan, who Ooh. got into the stage and got to announce for David Starr. And one funny thing at the start of it was David Starr was fighting Joel Hendry, who had just taken kayfabe to a whole new level <laughs> and was basically saying to this wee boy, saying, you should not be announcing for him, you should be announcing for me, because <laughs> I'm one. And the wee boy's face when he walked away after announcing was just priceless and it was properly, properly good. <laughs> yeah, some great moments there. So that's what Scottish wrestling is capable of. Right, to end off our best of 2017 show, it is now time to decide who will be winning the 2017 Suplex Retweet World Championship. The panel have obviously been racking their brains to freedom to see who they're going to be picking. So first we'll start with James. James, David, Josh or Stephen? Uh, my vote goes to the angriest man on the panel, David Hockney. No. <laughs> Stacey, who's your choice? My one has to be, has to go to Josh. Ooh. Oh. Chris. <laughs> so, uh, I've been thinking about this for about two hours now. Um, and because it was the first time I ever heard this man speak, and for him to be so open and honest about uh, how wrestling <laughs> has affected him uh, is a really, really big deal. I'm going to give it to the man sent to my left, Stephen. There's a sympathy vote for being not unvoted and sitting next to you. If you've ever done that. So, well, sitting next to me. So if it makes a difference, I'd vote David. So it's so 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 up to me to be the tiebreaker. That's yeah, you're you're in charge here. Yeah. What about what about EP's vote? Ah, EP's nah, nah, nah. It's no time. Right. It's, it's got to come down to this. Have to decide. Oh. I thought they were all great moments, but this moment still makes me buckle. Hey! And new <laughs> eat, sleep, suplex, retreat. You don't announce yourself, David. You don't announce yourself. You get someone else. He's a bigger heel than gender. It was a, it was it was a, it was a close call. I was nearly giving it to Josh because that bed thing still makes me get brilliant as well. Is there time for a recount? 
He's, he's got till the next show to defend it. Which is in how long? Uh, can, can I they announce that the East Sleep Suplex Retreat World title is defended on HARDCORE TITLE RULES! Oh, <laughs> bad. Okay, right. Well, I'm a fighting champion. I'll, uh, I'll, take, I'll take the challenge as it comes. So, yeah, that's been us for 2017. Join us next week in another pre-recorded show. We recorded at a time, wink wink, where we'll be talking about what's coming up in 2018, our predictions for some of the things that's going to happen in all the all the companies going around. David, it's a polystyrene belt. <laughs> Stop looking at it like you've just won the thing. I'll just put it on my waist then. I'll just put it on my lap. It's the biggest. You need to get those side plates changed as yeah, well. Exactly. You're now covered in glitter. I've, I've yeah. been wondering, I'll show why. Can I just say, yeah, how come you've suddenly just won the belt just like that? You're, you're, oh, you're, you came out of this is just because uh, WWE yeah, wants yeah, expand into uh, your living room. Really, you know? <laughs> because we wanted to build up a demographic When they handed the belt to Triple H in 2002, this is worse. This is worse. Corruption. The David Arquette at the panel. challenger. Guys, have a great new year and we'll see you in 2018. For my see you next year! Bye! Bye. 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 <laughs>